thing all the way live. High Frequency Radio. High frequency. High frequency. Yeah. Yeah. Sync up. Sync up. Already. Already. Yay. I get up with the frequencies each and every morning. Thanks, practice, gratitude, commence brainstorming. Live, awake, excited, new day, new me. TSA, courtesy of JRE and Sky Free. Too many folks shallow, scared to drown in the deep end. And I ain't pointing fingers, best believe I was one of them. The pain I was numbing in, self-inflicting punishment. The streets I was running in led me to consciousness. Yes, they can steal my flows, but can't block my shine, baby. You see my glow? Now I live in the light, radiating love. Sun, you're a star as below, so above. Am I too metaphysical? Are you over-analytical? So many situations get critical. I'm a warrior, survivor is an understatement. Started subterranean, now we in the cosmos on some milky wavy shit. Sun-kissed, melanin-rich, health is wealth, we live abundant. Connected with the oneness, I'm off my dumb shit. I bring to you substance more specific, life is synchronistic. All is energy, fact, over fiction when I rap. That high frequency, yeah, we on that. Sync with the most divine, catch contact. Physicality beyond that, high frequency, we on that. Mind over matter, thoughts not. Yeah, stars co-creating, spiral up, no ladder to heaven or hell. Can you leave a trail to high and low polarities, the vibrations, they all rare. Day to day just hoping, going through the motion, staring at the doors, who could ever get this open? Till I uncovered the secret to keeping it real, I got in touch with my soul, let's fan my frequency feel. We play and follow the leader, the leader ain't going nowhere, that's why I'm living my life with a sovereign mind. All I want in this world is to spread love and greatness to you Using my music for we out of time So for the divine, I'm doing my due diligence Giving some peace to views that's too militant Doing it different, I got purpose and position Feel the vibration, transmission is the mission Need you to listen to these words, my dude I swear my third eye got a bird's eye view And do you wanna sync up? Cause I do Surfing this wave, follow as we ride through All is energy, fact, over fiction when I rap That high frequency, yeah we on that Sync with the most divine, catch contact Physicality beyond that, high frequency we on that Mind over matter, thoughts not scattered Co-stars, co-creating, spiral up, no ladder to heaven or hell Then you leave a trail to high and low polarities The vibrations, they all rare let it marinate, cause this is very great To every state, the burden on my back Well, I carry weight High frequency, high power, free spirit Talking to the man upstairs And yeah, he hear it Man, I'm riding the wave, inspired by the days When we sparked up, that was the light of the haze But now I'm synced up Yeah, my drink's up Am I drinking again? Well, you know, yeah, the gig's up Freedom ain't free, believe them, they not me The oppressor knows my melanin rich And I'm scot Free. That means I got away, BS, not today, stop and say we good, okay, no more drops today, this the high frequency, they gon' feel this, still with optimism, but still, I'm the realist, they gon' feel this, yeah, real quick, bring the chorus in, 
That's real shit. All this energy, facts, over fiction when I rap. That high frequency, yeah, we on that. Sync with the most divine, catch contact. Physicality beyond that, high frequency, we on that. Mind over matter, thoughts not scattered. Co-stars, co-creating, spiral up, no latitude. Heaven or hell, send you, leave a trail. The high and low polarities, the vibrations, they all Frequency Radio, yeah we on that. Peace, brother Paul Savage. You already know. You are locked in, tuned in live. High Frequency Radio. Sync up. Sync up. Sync up. You're listening to Yusuf L on the baddest radio network on the planet. High Frequency Radio. Peace to God. Peace to God. You are listening to High Frequency Radio. High Frequency Radio. I'm your host. Welcome to another edition of the Natural Long Hour, y'all. of the natural long hour natural long hour y'all get into some good, good esoteric discussion God, peace to God. 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 Peace
Power, yo. Power, yo. Natural law. Power, yo. You're listening to Rules to the Game with your host, Yusuf L. Exclusively on High Frequency Radio Network, the baddest radio network on the planet.
standing in the ruins of another black man's life or flying through the valley separating day and night I am death cried the vulture for the people of the light light Kiron brought his raft from the sea that sails on souls I saw the scavenger departing taking warm hearts to the cold he knew the ghetto was a haven for the meanest creature ever known. In a wilderness of heartbreak and a desert of despair, evil's clarion of justice shrieks the cry of naked terror, taking babies from their mamas, leaving grief beyond compare. If you see the vulture coming, flying circles in your mind, remember there is no escaping, for he will follow close behind. Only promise me a battle, battle for your soul and mine, and mine. The information station that's waking up the nation. High frequency radio network. Sync up. Exile from the original man of 
call hard times. I'd rather be here to exercise the mind. Then I take the thought around the world twice. From knowledge to born back to knowledge for sight. Across the desert, that's hot as the Arabian. But they couldn't cave me in, cause I'm the Asian. Reaching for the city of Mecca, visit Medina. Visions of Nefertiti, then I seen her. Mind keeps traveling, I'll be back after. I stop and think about the brothers and sisters in Africa. Return the thoughts through the eye of a needle. For miles I fought and I just brought the people. Under the dark skies, on the dark side. Not only there, but right here's in the park side. So now is the time for us to react. Take a trip through the mind and when you get back. Understand your third eye, seen all of that. It ain't where you're from, it's where you're at. Stopping me because the thorough rhymes I make give me real estate for me to own. Wherever I bless the microphone, 007 is back and relaxing, on point and reacting and ready for action. I'm so low key that you might not see me incognito and taking it easy. Why just kept on a hush hush in front of a crowd? I get loud as a bump rush for calm. Keep a low pro and play the background. Over the whack rapper, put the mic back down. So rip it, break it in half, go ahead and slam it. Cause when it's time to build, I'm a mechanical bonding, amending, attaching, and blending. So many solos, there is no ending. People in my neighborhood, they know I'm good. From London to Hollywood, wherever I stood. Footprints remain on stage ever since. Sidewalks and streets, I leave fossils and then When I had sex, I left my name on next. My trademark was left throughout the projects. I used to get rich when I played CeeLo. When I roll four, five, six, they go Rito. So I collect my cast and slide. I got my back, my guns on my side. It shouldn't have to be like that. I guess it ain't where you're from, it's where you're at. Even though nobody's smiling. Nobody's smiling. I'm from the...
with the fact that they told us exactly what they were going to do. They wrote a document called the Project for a New American Century. Don't ever say I didn't warn you. That's about all one can do.
well aware they can no longer create a consensus as effectively as they used to. So they parade some other clown on the other side of the spectrum named Geraldo to tacitly give 9-11 truth a six-minute segment semblance of credence as if we didn't have that nine years ago, dummy. The system is designed to make you think anything is funny. Pretty soon you won't be able to buy anything with your Monopoly money, dummy. What can I get with 2.3 trillion? What, 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 what can I get with 2.3 trillion? Technical difficulties this morning. Hey, brother, this is So L. Um, I just want to let you know we can hear you loud and clear now. Okay, appreciate it, bro. <laughs> Thank you for having my back. <laughs> I apologize, y'all. Thank you, So L. So L, that's my uh, my partner in crime. He has a show on high frequency radio as well. Uh, brother knows a lot about trust as well. And uh, I have a very, very informative show. So make sure y'all check that out um, after you check this show out. It's in the archive section. You simply go to highfrequencyradionetwork.com. Uh, and I'll let you tell you. Go ahead, Soil. You tell a little bit about your show, man, while I'm sitting here getting everything uh, together. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, absolutely. Uh, greetings, everyone. Peace. My name is Soel. I'm the host of um, the foundation here on High Frequency Radio Network. Yusuf uh, was so gracious to, you know, allow the foundation to be on High Frequency Radio Network. So, always got to shout out the big brother Yusuf L, for, you know, allowing and creating the platform. But the foundation itself um, on High Frequency Radio Network, we focus on the entity. We focus on the foundation of commercial interaction. So what entity are you using? And we go by the tax returns that the entity uses. So people call it the debtor or straw man or something like that. We just call it the individual. That's the tax return it needs to use trusts, corporations, and nonprofits. Beyond that, um, you can take the foundational education and go wherever you want. If you want to go into nationality, you want to go into secure party, but the foundation of this economic system, and Yusuf will agree, if I may say so myself, is trust and banking. Yeah. And then you get into <laughs> you get into commercial law, and you know we contract a lot of our rights, a lot of our immunities away. Um, commercial law through ignorance. So you know we look into established entities that do not owe their existence to legislation. Um, that are protected by the Constitution, and we can go all the way back to the Hague Convention, going to the validity 
of these entities. And, you know, we teach the, tr- the, the administration in order to protect the entity and not be considered a disregarded entity or grant or trust for tax purposes. I know that's a mouthful, but as far as we're concerned, this is the foundation of commercial education. And uh, you can use the entity that they gave you with the state seal on it. That's not your family seal or your last name seal and expect to get some sort of remedy. You may or may not, but using an entity that does not owe its existence to legislation and upon execution becomes a federal entity and not under the governance of the several legislatures, it's a much more powerful position. But also it's a new way of doing business. It's a new way of economic. And exactly. It's a, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's a new way of doing business. Let me ask you something. You know, I came to that conclusion, you know, just, uh, you know, all my years of studying all of this stuff, public, private, all the things you hear me talk about, I came to the conclusion. I said, man, this is all about trust law, contracts. Um, you know, it's like, you know, I listened to a guy yesterday. He was, um, and I listened to a lot of other gurus and dudes who've been doing this a long time. And it is amazing to me how a lot of us come to our own conclusions, but we, I mean, we kind of uh, go through similar lines of research, but we come to different conclusions. Like, you got a group out there, they say the Secure Party stuff is bullshit. It's all this Secure Party shit is bullshit, all this stuff. And they just want to get completely out of the system, um, which I agree um, uh, that, you know, one one avenue of escape is to completely come out of the system, just to chew everything that they are offering you. But I tend to look at things, okay, what is the real reality of that? You know, how realistic is you just to be completely, because I even heard this guy, the informer, he said, well, you got to get a license because every, you know, you're going to have to fight every time, no matter, you, you know, he says they took him out of the system. He got letters from the government. They told him don't use the social security number anymore, uh, which I know other people got the same thing. You know, you do the uh, rescission of the social security number, all this. All you have to do is really just stop using it. And, um, all these different things, but at the end of the day, you know, you still got to get a license, you still got to fight, you know, all these, all these different things. Where I came to the conclusion, okay, I'm not trying to fight. I'm just trying to do business in another way. I understand. I look at the system for what it is. It's a humongous business entity, and if you don't really have a business mindset, you'll kind of be adverse to it. I don't know. You know, I'd like your opinion on that. Well, what do you see? I agree 100%. If you do, if um, if we all do the research and we look at these elite families, I studied the Rockefellers heavily. So what John Rockefeller really did is he set up industries like the oil industry and the steel industry, and then he was pivotal in creating the um, Board of Education, um, as well as he set up over 30 colleges and universities. So you can look at Spelman, Spelman was his wife's maiden name. You can look at Morehouse. That was his best friend, business partner, and pastor's last name. But he was pivotal in setting up the educational system as we know it. And what he, why he did that is because he needed human resources. He understood that human resources were required to, um, to move these businesses for the benefit of his private estate. So, you know, when he died, I think he had over 3,000 different types of trust. And it is. It's a big um Big trust. Yeah. He had it's to change the edge. Did you ever run across a guy named John Dewey? And Brad, Brad, they started dumbing everybody yeah. down back in John 1898. Dewey heavily, John Dewey was heavily um, endowed by the Rockefellers. 
Exactly. And I can't remember the exact name of the uh, project he was involved in, but he specifically said in one of his um, pr- uh, publications that the bulk of the population is biologically childlike, requiring lifelong care. And that's what he said. And John you know, Dewey was also the inventor of the Dewey Decimal System. But Dewey he was Decimal System. Heavily endowed system. by Rockefeller. Yes. And, heavily and, endowed and by another, Rockefeller. The, and these are all Jews, by the way. Um, a lot of this stuff, what I went in, when I did the research, this, this Jewish left that you see, this liberal mentality, it was pervasive. Every, every, all that liberal left stuff is toward the, um, the ushering in of a new world order. And I even read Hitler's Minkoff, and it is amazing on there on the Jews, how he is saying the same thing. I mean, you'll get an entirely different impression of this man if you actually read the things that he's saying. Um, uh, he, he describes their techniques, the same techniques that are being used today through the media, um, the dumbing down of society. Uh, there's a dumbing down. You know, that what you were talking about with uh, Rockefeller uh, instituting the educational system, the purpose of that was that they only need about 15% of the population to be what is called truly education, to have true education. The rest, they need right. to just be, you know, just mindless workers. Now, what's happening right now is that there is an artificial intelligence that is so pervasive. Um, one just became a citizen of Saudi Arabia. Okay. I don't yeah, know if y'all are aware. Robot. Yeah, that robot. Yeah, that, okay. Well, yeah. I, I got a video that they won't let on, on YouTube. Um, I just watched it last night over in China, man. These robots are doing some incredible things that we're just, they got hotels that are completely automated by artificial intelligence right now. And so that leads me to say, okay, there's 85% that aren't educated. Okay, well, what is your um, future now that uh, the industrial revolution is over? We're in the age of information and the age of technology. They no longer are in need of people who have manual labor skills. You know, Hitler, he also intimated the fact of how, you know, they, um, made trades they they frowned on trades and everything and made it seem less um popular or less um what is the word i'm looking for you know uh you know you go and get you a college degree everybody looks at you oh you got your college degree but if you get a trade you know that's not looked upon as highly as a college degree you know doing labor with your hands they made that they they frowned upon that and then made this other thing, and now that thing is worthless when what's really important is you to have a trade or some sort of expertise that allows you to be able to take care of yourself and your family without having to depend on anyone else. Because those four guys are Rockefeller, Carnegie, uh, J.P. Morgan, who's the other guy? Four of them, Vanderbilt, um, all those guys who built America, you know, prior to that, everybody lived in the country and they were taking care of themselves. But at the advent of the Industrial Revolution, everybody started coming into the cities looking for jobs. And now that allowed them to take control of things, uh, bring in the Depression. Uh, You know, I've been reading all of this stuff, and everywhere I look, I see Jews are the ones that are behind it. And uh, all the while, while they say that, you know, okay, we're the ones who are the uh, victims and so forth, but they're like, hollering their victims, but at the same time, they got a club beating you over the head with it, uh, taking all your possessions, taking your property, um, you know, changing society, you know, destroying the moral fiber of society, destroying families and things like this with their policies. 
And these all began like 100 years ago with this John Dewey. That was planned. That was planned. You know, Charlotte Easterbite and there's another guy on the Internet also, they give you the historical outlook of this when they stop um, utilizing um, phonics and so forth. And, you know, they got rid of that, you know, and it's causing dyslexia in children. And now they're bringing in ADD and, you know, your attention deficit disorder and all this kind of stuff when, you know, all of that is just change. It was because of a change in the educational system. So, you know, that was that was just something I came across in all my studies. I mean, everywhere I look, I see the same thing. I don't know about you. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I see the same thing as well. Also, um, through private foundations, which are contract entities that um, receive a 501c3 designation, think Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Rockefeller Foundation, Carnegie Foundation. Congress did an investigation on the foundations, and they said that these men not only are controlling their employees in the industries they created, but they're moving to control the social services and the education system of the nation. And they do that through endowments, uh, deanships, professorships, chairs, these aren't positions that are um, paid for by the college or university. These positions are set up by a specific endowment by a private family who makes an endowment with the college or, you know, through a private uh, placement account or something like that. They split the interest between the hosp- uh, college, hospital, university, and the family foundation or family trust, and then that um, pays for the uh, specific uh, coursework or specific um, theme that they're looking to uh, promote in these universities. So social services, education, even high-level uh, educations, hospital universities, when you're dealing with at least the American system or the United States system, it's hard to get away from these elite families. It's absolutely hard. And Congress knew this back in the early 1900s, and there was nothing they can do about it because the entities are private and they're contract-based. So here we are today with all these different, you know, colleges, universities, and all these different um, implemented programs that really dumb down the population. Because if you have an educated population, it's hard, you cannot control them, and it's very hard to tax them. And it's very hard for me to live in my beachfront property and, you know, ride on my yacht and do all these things if there's not employees doing the work for the corporations that, you know, are set up for the family. So, yeah, everywhere I go, when all the research that I come across, it comes down to the same thing. The same thing, we're dealing with very high network families, and we're dealing with trust and banking, contract law, commercial law, and international law, and international private law. So, and you know what's, and interest, what's interesting, too, you know, my aunt, she is a, um, she's a vice uh, regent here in Georgia, and I was speaking to her one time, and she was explaining to me how um, – how they decide what curriculums are put into the colleges and they're from the corporations, you know, from these trusts and everything. She said, yeah, they, what they need, wherever they're going in society, uh, what they need for labor, they tell the universities and that's what they implement. Yep. When you, you know, if you ever went to a a university or college and you took African-American studies or something like that, that, that program was instituted by an elite uh, uh, estate or trust or corporation to teach that specific curriculum. And it begs the question, who 
stands to benefit the most by um, either knowing the definitions of words and things and how things work or those who control the definitions of words and things and how certain curriculums work. I would say those in control. And that's why we look to, you know, own nothing, control everything. And the best whoever, opinion, I was going to say, whoever go controls the paradigm is God. <laughs> whoever controls the paradigm is God. Right now, <laughs> whoever controls the, the definition of words is controlling the paradigm. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, I agree 100%. You know, uh, the foundation of this economic system is, is private trusts. Uh, private banks and then public banks and public corporations and maybe even some public trusts. But realistically, all the, when you're dealing with foundations, you're dealing with contract entities, whether it's trust or foundations themselves. Well, yeah, I agree 100%. And this, this whole educational the, system is not for us. It's not. Overall. It's pub, public. You need to take your children out of school, public school. Public school is not. I mean, the more I study this, the high seed, I, I, I am, I, I am under the firm conviction that we are living in a feudal-like society. And um, that is what um, I was going to do today. That was the topic of today, the Jewish shitar, or the shitar. And I want to read a little bit from this, and I want you all to listen to it. Um, this goes all the way back to 1066 with uh, William the Conqueror and the uh, when he took out a Her- uh, King Harold, and they took over England. And they introduced um, this Jewish system of commercial law. They got adopted that you will see very clearly that comes all the way up to today. And um, from my from my studies, this is why I think history is so impress, uh, important uh, to, 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 to study. Because you can see how they just go back, reach back in history and take what was going on and just modernize it. And it also helps you to see the evidence that monarchs are still operating behind the scenes in control of everything and how skillful they are. You know, this is the thing that you have to say to yourself, who are you playing chess with? Are you playing chess with the judge or the police officer that pulls you over or, you know, or, or even the president of the United States? You're not, you're not, you're not playing chess with them. You're playing chess ultimately with the people behind the scenes. Uh, who deem you to be not very intelligent. Uh, They don't think that you're intelligent enough to perceive uh, what they are doing, how they're implementing it, or anything like that. And it requires you to um, do what they do. You know, they are Advent uh, 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 students of history. Uh, Very important for them to study history. They read all the time. Um, They understand words, good vocabulary, things of this nature. And to us, you know, the average person today, I, I just was reading something uh, yesterday, um, watching a report, 90 million Americans are illiterate, can't read, walking around pretending like they can, walking around with newspapers under their arms, doing all all, uh, all kinds of things to, you know, hide the fact that they're illiterate. You got 90 million, that's almost a third of the population that is illiterate. You know, they can't even read. And then there's another portion. They can only read, like, on a seventh-grade level. Everything's been dumbed down. So, you know, you can listen to the music and hear it in the music and everything that is affecting us. And that's why I've been so big on reading documents and things like that, because I'm trying to reinstill in people a love for reading, because 
if you want to hide something from someone, all you have to do is put it in a book. I, they used to say a black man. It's not a black man. It's everybody now. Everybody falls under that same umbrella now. It's not just black people. Hide something from a black person, put it in a book. You hide some. You want to hide something from anybody, all you have to do is put it in a book because people don't want to read. It's, that, that, I don't know what has happened, but people don't want to read. So today... I'm going to read just a portion of this, then I'll go to the phone lines and answer some questions. Um, I'm doing a video on this on YouTube. You know, I want people to actually check it out because I think it's important for people to have a history lesson in all of this, too, and see that if you can, you know, uh, get some bits of, and pieces of information from history and see where this stuff is coming from, from listening to this. Um, I don't like sounding like I'm some sort of uh, anti-Semitic or something like that. You know, that's really not my thing. But the more I study everything, I'm just seeing that, you know, it's like, you know, in the, everything I see, I see where people do half study. Like they'll look at uh, an argument Trump will be having with somebody on the news, but they won't take time to pull that person's name up and check out his nationality to see if whether or not he's a Jew or not. They won't look at, you know, the confirmation hearings with Kavanaugh and understand he was a Catholic. He's a white man. But prior to that, there was a guy named Merrick Garland who was nominated by, you know, uh, uh, President Obama, who was a Jew. You know, I, I, Obama didn't do much for us either. He was more of a puppet than anything as well. You know, my research tends toward that, me coming to that conclusion as well. But he nominated Merrick Garland and the Republicans blocked it. Uh, for the next president, and Merrick Garland was a Jew. And that would have been the fourth Jewish uh, person on the Supreme Court. They're loading up the Supreme Court because their goal is to take away guns. You know, Dianne Feinstein and all these people and everything up there, you know, when you start seeing what's going on, you start reading the congressional record, um, you know, what happened, how the 14th Amendment was passed. The 14th Amendment was passed by military occupation. You know, I was just re I'm reading the, congr the 90th congressional record, and you can see very clearly in there what they're saying. You know, they um, took the, uh, uh, all of the uh, legislatures out of office and replaced them with their own people, the same thing they do over in foreign countries right now. It's under we're under some sort of military occupation from the Union, and they set up all these federal districts. You know, this overlay, this is, that's the United States. That's your United States, and it's a corporate entity. And the reason that they did it is because they needed taxpayers. It, it was nothing other than the need for taxpayers. They created a, a congressional citizenship called a U.S. citizen who's nothing more than a taxpayer. And the, and the Social Security number is the tax identification number. And, you know, for you to participate in this system that is now monopolized uh, by the U.S. government, you're going to need to pick some sort of entity other than an individual, right? other than an individ this individual entity. That is like some sort of sole, sole proprietor that has all of the liability. It's all about liability in the commerce game. Limited liability, do you have all the liability or do you have no liability? And you want to eliminate your liability because that's what the elite do. Just do what they do because they're the ones that draft the laws for themselves, right, and use them against you. And if you want to play the game, you got to play the game the way they're playing the game. But what I further do, thank you, Solel. I'm going to go into this thing, this Jewish shetar, this Jewish shetar, and I'm going to open up the phone lines, and uh, it's, going to be, it's not going to take a long time for me to go through this, but I want to share this with all of you because I think it is important for you 
to understand and read and listen and you know see what this is talking about. But it's a it's a it's a document by a woman named Judith Shapiro, and it's the she uh, the Shatars effect on English law. A law of the Jews becomes the law of the land. The rational study of law is still to a large extent the study of history, homes, the path of the law, which. I'm in total agreement agree, uh, uh, agreement with. You know, the more I study history, the more I understand law and studying history. But the introduction, it goes on, it says, English law, like the English language, is an amalgam of diverse cultural influences. The legal system may fairly be seen as a composite of discrete elements from disparate sources. After the conquest of 1066, the Normans imposed on the English an efficiently organized social system that crowded out many Anglo-Saxon traditions. The Jews, whom the Normans brought to England, in their turn, contributed to the changing English society. The Jews brought a refined system of commercial law, their own form of commerce, and a system of rules to facilitate and govern it. These rules made their way into the developing structure of English law. Several elements of historical Jewish legal practice have been integrated into the English legal system. Notably among these is the written credit agreement, the Shatar or Star, as it appears in English documents. The basis of the Shatar or, or Jewish Gaji was a lien on all property, including realty, that has been traced as a source of the modern mortgage. Under Jewish law, the Shatar, oops, let me see. Under Jewish law, the Shatar permitted a creditor to proceed against all the goods and land of the defaulting debtor. Both movable and immovable property was subject to distraint. In contrast, the obligation of night service under Anglo-Norman law barred a land transfer that would have imposed a new tenant and therefore a different night owing service upon the Lord. The dominance of personal feudal loyalties equally forbade the attachment of land and satisfaction of a debt. Only the debtor's shadows could be seized. These rules kept feudal obligations intact, assuring that the Lord would continue to be served by his own knights. When incorporated into English practice, the notion from Jewish law that debt could be recovered against a loan secured by all property, movable and immovable, was a weapon of socioeconomic change that tore the fabric of feudal society and established the power of liquid wealth in place of land holding. The Crusades of the 12th century opened an era of change in feudal England. To obtain funds from Jews, nobles offered their land as collateral. Although the Jews, as aliens, could not hold land in fee simple, they could take security interests of substantial money value. That Jews were permitted to hold security interests in land they did not occupy expanded interest in land beyond the traditional tendencies. The separation of possessory interests from interest in fee contributed to the decline of the rigid feudal land tenure structure. And that's what you see today in a land in a system of no money. That we don't have any money, so it's not about money. It's about interest in things. Who can obtain a security interest in property? Okay, that is where value is derived from. Okay, we don't. There is no money. Everything is. A, this is a debt-based currency system. Debt-based currency systems have destroyed every civilization preceding that. Every debt-based currency system, all the way back to the Romans, has been destroyed. Okay, this debt-based currency system. There's no money. So what people are seeking to do is attach some sort of uh, lien upon some sort of property, whether it be your car, your home, or your body. Okay, they want to get a lien on you, and this is what we're talking about. This is the, the the foundation of a secure party process is for you to have a 
uh, uh, priority lien against your own property. That is an asset protection device, you know, to encumber your own property yourself. Take it out of your name, put it in a trust, and then have the trust encumber it. And the liability falls on the trust and not upon your own person. This is what this is discussing. But it's the same thing. Everybody's doing the same thing. Well, let me go on. It says, at the same time, the strength of the feudal system's inherent resistance to this widespread innovation abated. By 1250, the scutage had completely replaced ten, uh, feudal services. Tenant obligations had been reduced to uh, money payments. And as the identity of the principals and the landlord-tenant relationship became less critical, a change in the feudal rules restricting the lienability of interest in land became possible. One catalyst for this change may have been the litigation surrounding debt obligations to Jews secured by debtors' property. The Jews in Norman England had a specified legal status. They alone could lend money at interest. They were owned by the king, and their property was his property. The king suffered their presence only so long as they served his interests primarily as a source of liquid capital. And this is another thing that I know is if you're going to study a William Blackstone or anything like that, over in England, the king here is the United States. And you see the same thing. It's going to talk about how the king enforced Anytime anybody came into court and they, they owed the Jews any money, the king, it was, it was the courts, uh, uh, court is going to be biased against you. And the Jews are going to win because the king had an interest in it because that's how he was collecting his money. He was using the Jews to collect his money. You see that system in the court system today. Okay, the United States as the king, they're enforcing contracts. They're enforcing debt obligations. It's a debtor and creditor system. And you're, you're coming in there losing and everything because the United States is more likely to get their money if they can enforce the obligation against you. All the property has been pledged. Okay, that's just another word for pawn shop. All the property has been put into the pawn shop. Okay, so this is what's going on. And, you know, you study history, you see, okay, I can see where they got the pattern for this. It doesn't, they changed the, the look of it. They changed the names. You know, they're hiding it and everything, but it's essentially the exact same system. Same system, okay? And let me go on. It says, uh, because money lending by Christians was infrequent, English law had not established its own forms of security. The Jews operated within the framework of their own legal practice, which was based on Talmudic law developed over centuries of study. But the peculiar... Uh, but the, but, the, but the peculiar status of the Jews as the crown's de facto investment bankers encouraged the king to direct his courts to enforce credit agreements made by Jews under the alien practice. This nourished the growth of Jewish law in a way that blurred the absolutes of feudal land tenure. Previously, inalienable rights and land gave way to economic necessities, and the English ultimately adopted the Jewish practices. This note examines a moment of contact between two peoples, when necessity, proximity, and social upheaval prompted a cultural exchange between the Jewish merchants and moneylenders and those they served. The note describes the effect on Jewish, uh, on Jewish um, I'm sorry, on English law about the king's Jews uh, as they executed and registered debt instruments, assigned and enforced the underlying obligations, and generally survived by moneylending, the only profitable occupation open to them. It, uh, it first reviews the Jewish credit agreement and its functions in Anglo-Norman feudal society. It then suggests a rational explanation for development in medieval English law, therefore perceived only as an anomaly. Uh, 
only as an anomaly. Okay. Um, uh, that the early writs of debt, were, uh, which were for recovery of money, used terminology more appropriate to an action for recovery of land. This confusion appears to be merely the linguistic expression of an innovation in the law due to the development of an action to recover alternative relief, payment, repayment of money, lent or award of collateralized land. Finally, the note focuses on the incorporation of Jewish law into English practice through a series of 13th century cases involving the same Jewish litigate. Jewish debt procedure had by then become part of everyday business in England. Even as the Jews began to be excluded from money lending, their procedures were adopted into the general English law governing debt registration and collection. In 1275, the statute de Judaismo forbade the Jews' usurious practices. In 1285, the statute merchants formalized creditor remedies that paralleled the provisions of the Jewish Shetah. In 1290, the Jews were expelled, but their credit practices remained. And the statute merchant also was the first introduction of a time when yeah, a person could pledge their body in repayment of a debt. This is when that first started coming in, the debtor's prisons and so forth. All right, now, Jewish credit arrangements in feudal England, the Shetar and Jewish law. The law of the Shetar, developed and elaborated by 500 A.D. in the Babylonian Talmud, antedates the Norman conquest by six centuries. Historically, the Shetar hub, or generally just Shetar, was an instrument that established formal obligation either in contract or in debt. At the moment that a debtor acknowledges indebtedness through a shetar, a general lien was established encumbering all property, a debtor's property, as security for ultimate repayment. Now, after you read something like that, and you go back and read OCGA 1711-1, where it says you get a judgment against you, they put a lien on all your property, you see where it came from. That's why I read this stuff, because then I go read the statutes, and you see almost the same language in the statutes. You'll see the same language. Like, damn, you know, it, they're not calling it that, though. They're not calling it that. You know, they're not, they're not calling it that. That's under Title 18, which is criminal law. But I'm like, okay, well, why is this credit creditor-debtor relationship under the criminal uh, procedures? But at, at the same time, you're telling me that this is not uh, civil, it's all criminal. But I see evidence everywhere when I look into the statutes that all this civil you know, all these civil process being utilized. This is why I tell you, you know, this is why, you know, I, I like when people come at me and they say, you know, well, you know, I see video, you know, use of, you know, they be in my, they be in my Facebook group and they be posting pictures of sovereigns getting pulled over by police and drug out the car. And, you know, like, you know, well, why are you teaching people this or something like this? And I boot they motherfucking ass out of my goddamn group. I right? get your coward bitch ass out of my motherfucking group. Right? I'm telling you that the people are lying to you. Right? Yeah, they're going to drag people. Yeah, they're going to rule against you in court and everything because they're covering something up. And the only way that you're going to be able to fight back is through educating yourself and stop listening to these liars. This is why we sit there telling you they're dumbing you down and beating your ass. They only one thing left is take your damn guns, and you're going to be a slave, and everybody's trying to warn you about it. But most are not intelligent enough to see what is going on. They've been dumbed down to such a degree. 70% of all people believe everything they see on television. 90% of the people's heads is locked into a damn uh, 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 cell phone. 
And then even if they're on the cell phone, they're on social media. They ain't really into anything that's really kind of improving their intellect in any kind of way. It's just damn poisoning it even more. It goes on. The law of the sheets are developed and elaborated by 500 A.D. Okay, Jewish credit uh, agreements in feudal England. The law of the Shittar, developed and elaborated by 500 A.D. is in the Babylonian Talmud, antedates the Norman conquest by six centuries. Historically, the Shittar hub, or generally just Shittar, was an instrument that established formal obligations either in contract or in debt. At the moment a debtor acknowledges indebtedness to a Shittar, a general lien was established encumbering all the debtor's property as security for ultimate repayment. In case of default, the creditor could proceed uh, only against the movable uh, and immovable uh, property held by the debtor, but also against encumbered land that the debtor had transferred to a third party. The debt attached to the land and the creditor's lien was, uh, had priority over subsequent alienation. Because of the severe obligations imposed by the shitar, the contents of the instrument followed a standard form designed to ensure authenticity and precision. Ishitar recited standard clause of obligation, the creditor's right to customary modes of execution, and a final phrase stating that the document was not merely a form, but a statement of an express contract. Inserted into the form language were the names of the parties, the sum and the currency of the debt, and the date of the obligation, thereby indicating the creation of the lien. To prevent fraud, the document was signed by two witnesses who knew the parties. A nation of wanderers in adapting to a variety of cultures determined that the language in which the shatar was written should be irrelevant to its legal validity. Thus, in dealings with a surrounding Gentile populace, Jews were content that loan agreements be formalized in Latin or in the Norman French or of the, er of the early England. Generally, the Jewish parties uh, and witnesses would attest. I have trouble moving this thing on this uh, page. Uh, would attest uh, to it in Hebrew and Christian in French or Latin. Although neither party may have understood the other's language, the document had the full force of law in both communities. The crucial limitation on debt uh, collection under Jewish law was that a creditor had a lien against the debtor's land, but not against the debtor's person. Personal freedom was not to be diminished by a debt obligation, and a creditor could not enslave one who was unable to repay him. The origin of this practice was the biblical protection of the dignity of debtors as embodied in the injunction not to enter the debtor's home to receive a pledge, but rather to wait outside for the debtor to bring it out. This was the structure of the law of obligation that the Jews brought with them to England. Okay, and there's Normans in England, a centralizing monarchy. Okay, unique, uh, unique among its feudal neighbors, the Norman, uh, the Norman Duke was governed as a centralized unit with no baron strong enough to challenge the duke's authority. Although the Norman duke owed fealty to the king of France, that king lacked effective power over his vassals who independently governed their own territories. In Normandy, however, feudalism was strictly territorial. A pyramid of land tenure invited a system of military obligations ascending from knight through baron to duke, from whom all land and authority derived. On the continent and later in England, William the Conqueror set out to maintain and strengthen this Norman system of centralized governance. With the conquest, the Normans introduced uh, to England a well-organized central authority. And as I read this, I start thinking about, you know, here in the United States, you know, they're the most heavily armed citizens on planet Earth, okay, in the United States. 
And you can see why that's the last phase in really getting in what they need to get in and why we've been able, been able to survive so far in our system that we have is because everybody got guns because at the end of the day, might makes right. You know, when you read the protocols of the Laredo design, they make that very clear in that document. If the, the Zionists believe that all that religious talk, whatever you're talking about, you know, fairness among men under natural law, under laws of nature, might makes right. And then when you look out into nature with the animals, you know, you almost have to agree because in the animal kingdom, it's the, it's the strongest that survives. It's the strongest that survives. So they're lulling everybody to sleep with these, uh, with these liberal type, uh, this liberal agenda that they don't believe in, that they don't believe in. Right? It's been their mantra for over a century and so forth. Right? Then coming in and weakening, weakening uh, their constituency uh, to, to a point where, you know, they become their slaves. I mean, that's what I'm seeing. I mean, the plan is not, and this is what's so bad. To me, you know, it's like, it's not even that intelligently put to, put together. I mean, when you really see what they're doing, that's why they have to dumb you down, because you got to be a dumb motherfucker to fall for it. You just got to be a dumb motherfucker to fall for it. <laughs> you just got to, I hate to say it. But, you know, it's like, you know, that's why they be out there saying liberals don't think and all that. I understand. I understand what they're talking about. I really understand what they're talking about. Like, these motherfuckers don't think. They don't have no thought processes whatsoever. They don't. And the ones that are intelligent most likely, if they're really intelligent, they got to be an agent. They got to be what, what's called controlled op- opposition or something like that if they're on the, uh, you know, like they got a couple of guys out there, you know, they out there, you know, they talking against it. They Jewish. You know, I'm like, I look at that and say, nah, it's controlled opposition and everything. Because these people move in concert, they got a plan. And it, 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 they've been putting it together for a long time. They follow certain principles. Uh, they borrow certain ideas from some of their thinkers like Freud. Uh, like we were just talking about a few minutes ago, this name named John Dewey. Uh, you know, individuals like that, you know, along the way, you go back and check their history. You see these people are Jews. And uh, they were always a part of the Jewish uh, left or some type of Democrat because all Jews are Democrat mostly and everything, some sort of liberal type thought. You go back and you study everybody who they laud, who they put up on a pedestal, who's been contributing to this welfare type of state, who's basically say that man ain't can't think no better than an animal, and you need to be controlled, you need to be taken care of, you can't do nothing for your goddamn self, you sorry piece of shit. All right, it's coming from the left side and everything, this victim mentality and all of that. Okay, ain't no responsibility coming from anything for the individual and everything who's supposed for the men who stand on their own feet and build things and do things for themselves. All right, for the women, families and things like that, they destroying all of this stuff. Feminism and liberalism and all this kind of stuff ain't nothing but uh, agents of destruction. And they say, well, you know, you're old-fashioned. Now you got to do look out in society, see how fucked up everything is. You don't see how fucked up everything is, you know, you crazy. Look at your family. Look at the divorce rate. Look at disease. Look at everything that's going on right now. Everybody miserable. People ain't happy. Y'all ain't happy in them jobs. Y'all not happy in y'all relationships. Y'all ain't happy in none of that. If you tell the truth about it, I'm going to go to the phone line. I got a video coming out on it. You should read it. 
I read the whole thing. I got a video coming out and put it on YouTube with some pictures and everything to follow along with. But this document is a very good document because it shows how the Jews, how this Jewish law got implemented. What you know, the dangers of interest, you know, moving, you know, a debt-based economy. And you know, if you really understand this Federal Reserve note, how you know how menacing it is. You know, it's like, man, you really understand what, the more knowledge I get, I'm like, damn, it's like, man, I really see what's going on with all of this, you know, how dangerous it is, you know, and then we just kind of like, just, we're oblivious to it. We just kind of go along. We don't think nothing is going to happen. You know, that's the danger. It's like, you just think you're going to wake up tomorrow. Every day you wake up for the rest of your life, it's going to be the same day. And you know, it ain't important for me to know none of this shit usually. That's that politics, that's that political shit. It don't have nothing to do with me. When I'm over here in my neighborhood and everything, I see a, a warehouse being put up that's empty. They got trucks out front. They ain't moved goddamn for six months and everything. You know, I, I went over there and asked them what they built it for. They won't tell me and everything. And I'm thinking in my mind, it's a goddamn FEMA camp. This is where they're going to put people in my neighborhood when it drops, who, who get out of order, they're going to put your ass over there. Government shutdown, I'm, I, I don't feel sorry for the government. I don't feel sorry for government employees at all. Not at all. I don't feel sorry if you can't get no government benefits at all because the government is shut down. All right? Go do something for yourself, motherfucker. All right? Get, maybe it's time for you to do something for yourself. Stop depending on somebody to do something for you. I could care less. The people don't have no job. All the destruction they done waged into people's lives and destroying people's lives. Y'all really worried about government employees that ain't got, they can't get no work or nothing like that. Y'all worried about that? Go get you a job at McDonald's. They hiring. We go to the phone line. 205-8562. Phone line is open. Peace to the gods. Peace to the gods. What's happening? Mm-hmm. What's going on, brother? Oh, oh man. man. That, man Dude, you, you got for me today? We got to get, get, get a consultation, man. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why everybody wanted to do consultations. Dude, I'm, t- I'm telling people because the kind of questions I want to ask you, man, well, the subject you on right now, I, 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 I got the sheet tar and everything like that. I read some parts of it. Not all of it. Or some parts of it, and I know you want to go in on that. But the question I get, I have to ask you, man. I, I need to regress a little bit, and see, I, I don't want to, I don't want to mess up your flow, bro. I, I need to talk to you though. Okay. So, well, I mean, you know, I mean, you don't want to tell me what it's about, you know? Yeah, yeah, man. I, I can do that, man. Um, um, what I'm trying to do now is um. <clears throat> copyright my name and everything like that and uh, uh, did a birth certificate thing and all this right here and um, after David of ownership I have it let me stop you right there I'm going to give you all a general principle okay all this stuff you okay. know copyrighting your name affidavits of truth affidavit of sovereignty affidavit of denial okay. of corporate existence um, you know, uh, basically bonds, uh, 
just any kind of thing that you can think of, okay? The any type of thing operates off one simple principle. It's one simple, simple principle all you got to think of in your mind, all right? Okay, there's a public and a private, all right? You contacting the government, you letting them know that you are not the same person as the straw man. It's 14th Amendment, congressionally created citizenship. That's not you. That all caps level name. Okay, that's number one. You can do it whatever way you want to do it. You can do it however you want to do it. You can do an affidavit of sovereignty. You can do an affidavit of corporate deniability, an affidavit of truth, uh, whatever, not Morris nationality. You can do it however you want to do it. Understand that the principle behind it is that you have to show a separation between you and this straw man, that you understand what the republic is and what the democracy is, what public is, what private is, that there is some sort of a presumed contract that's making you a surety <laughs> the straw man. That is it, okay? That's number one. Number two, okay, okay. as far as copywriting a name, filing a bond uh, with the Treasury Department or anything like this, getting a trust or anything like this, all you're saying is how I want to do business within the United States now, okay? You can right. do it whatever right. way you want to do it. You know what I'm saying? There ain't no one way to do it. You can form you a trust, uh, a corporate trust, which is what I want to do. My preferred method is doing a business trust, getting a whole bunch of community to come involved in it and some points some trustees. That way the, the, the beneficiaries in the community ain't got to put their name on shit because everything is in the name of the community trust. All right, that's my vision, okay, is to put everything okay. in a trust, okay? We appoint some trustees, come out here and build houses, build infrastructure, and put all that shit together. The trust owns all the houses and everything, and everybody got a, a special interest in it. They ain't put their name on shit. Schools, all of that. That's my vision, my, my, my long-term vision I see. But people understand that it's just like Saul L. was talking about. That's why Rockefeller put in the educational system. He's like, well, I got to have these people work for my trust, but these dumb motherfuckers don't know nothing. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to set up a school to educate people to come and work for me. Okay? <laughs> Just for me. All right? That's yeah. what he did. You know, it's so big of a scale, you don't see it because he's got so much money and so many different trusts. It's like, oh, this is normal. Now you're working for a family. You, you've yeah. been trained by the family in one of their schools, and they call it a public school, okay, to come out and work for this family, okay, work for these families. When you can do the same thing, you can put together your own community trust, put your own school, put your own curriculum together, and then train your children to come and work for your community and your interests, and then you put together all of these different things like science, arts, uh, you know, mathematics, have your own sports center, sports and everything, build you a society doing the same thing. But all it takes is a unified effort. If you're trying to do this shit on your own, I mean, you know, you have you have okay. some moderate success. You're going to have some moderate success, but it's not going to be the kind of success that it would be if you did it collectively as a, a unit, as a as a community. So, I but mean, whatever you're going to add. Overall, whatever you're going to add. the overall scale, though. Go ahead. Say what? I said that is the overall scale, but you have to start from somewhere. You see, you know what I mean? Well, that's what I'm saying. You could, you could, okay. You start with your personal, with your birth certificate. You want to talk about authenticating the birth certificate? All right, that became, I already did. That I already did all that. By, 
that that became big about four years ago. That shit ain't always been like what everybody was doing. It just started about four years ago, authenticated. And, and if you ask me, I got my birth certificate authenticated. What I do now? Well, you just got a damn authenticated birth certificate. All right, that's just in my opinion. All you got in your hand is something that is uh, evidences that you are a beneficiary. It's authenticated <clears throat> now, so it it serves as some sort of evidence. All right, it's like full proof that you are indeed in possession, all right, of a beneficial interest to a prorator, a share of a distribution from some sort of trust, okay? And now you can place that. You can do whatever you want to do with that. You can place it in another trust. Some people call it a UCC contract trust and appoint fiduciaries over to uh, to administer it for you, okay? That's one way, all right? There's some other things. People just like a trust certificate, okay? I put a trust certificate. If I'm a trust, they got something called a... um, uh, a uh, what kind of trust is that? Where I, I was right to tip my tongue, where somebody's incompetent. I right? they don't know how to handle their money. Okay, so then they put a trust together for you because you can't handle your money. You don't know how to do your business. Okay, well that's that essentially before, what you said. You said something about athletes. You said athletes uh, couldn't handle their money. Whatever like that, uh, they, they need their money to be put in trust or something like that. They be put in trust. Every one of them need to put their money in trust. Yeah. I ain't run around yeah. here. Buying damn Lamborghinis and and, and and million dollar homes and most of them be broke when it's over with. At the when they soon as they get that contract, they need to put that money in the trust. Here we gonna let you buy a, a two hundred thousand dollar house. Yeah, I know you won't go out and floss, but motherfucker, you is incompetent. Okay, you want to do this shit and everything. You know you getting you making two million dollars a year. You want buy a five million dollar house? You got a house no. How the fuck you got a house note, nigga, and you making $2 million a year? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How the fuck you got a yeah. house note? You know, you flossing. If you can't pay cash for it, you can't afford it. Exactly. So get you a little two, $300,000 home. You know, maybe a little gated community somewhere. Throw you a little bins or whatever you all want in the garage. Furnish that motherfucker, sit your ass down, and let us and let's build this shit up. Cause your NBA career, or NFL career, ain't gonna last that damn long. Most of y'all motherfuckers making the lead minimum, and if you are making big money, it's being eat up by taxes. I learned all that from girls yeah. who be dating. So you got you got women out there got a profession in dating athletes. They know how these motherfuckers get paid, how they get taxed, and every damn thing. I was I was incredible, boy. I said, man, this woman right here, they got damn got dossiers on on athletes and everything. <laughs> no they, more, they no more about their business than they do. They studied it adversary, you know what I mean? They they they, they studied it, you know. So yeah, yeah so yeah, that's my 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 position on that. You know, I look at certain things. I'm like, you know, like this don't make no sense. You making all this money and then you broke at the end of the day. Uh, you should never be broke. You know, once you get paid like that, you have you have basically changed the future of all your future generations. And that's when you look at people like Rockefeller and all these, that's what they, their whole thought wasn't just themselves. They weren't hustling for their first name. They were hustling for their last name. They not only made that's sure right. that they were taken care of in the, in, in, in the present, they made sure that their future generations were taken care of. They were worried about their bloodline. Yeah. No, I get that part. I get that. It's not just about themselves. Yeah. You know, they look at the Bible and they see like Abraham, which means father of many nations. 
okay? You said, I'm going to make you father of many nations. Change your name from Abram to Abraham, okay? One person can be the father of a whole nation. One man and one woman can start a whole nation of people. Yeah. And most of our people don't think like that. They don't think that they are the seed of a nation of people. They ain't thinking that yep, far in the are. future. They thinking selfishly for themselves and their own uh, self-aggrandizement, which you do got to be able to take care of yourself. You're going to uh, help anyone else. But what are your goals? How far in the future are you thinking? What is your vision? You yep. have to have a vision. All right? Not just, I just need this so I can send, pay some light bills. And use, I'm just trying to get rid of this. Oh, no, no, no. No, I'm, you not know, I'm not thinking along them levels at all. You know, they be coming into my, my, my Facebook group. I just need to know how to discharge the debt to get rid of this student wrong boot their ass right the fuck out. They get mad. I don't give a fuck. Kick your ass to the fucking moon. Put that shit in my goddamn Facebook page. I don't even, I don't even give you no warning. I boot your ass right out. Boom. You know, I put a video right there at the beginning. This just show how intelligent they are. I got a video right there in the beginning when you first come in. Stop his door and watch that motherfucker. All right? Watch the video. I'm telling you what I'm not playing about. They don't even watch that. You won't come in and ask a question. I got to boot your ass out for not reading the goddamn sign before you walk in the building. <laughs> Kick your ass out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. All yeah. right, go ahead, man. I'm gonna tell you, I ain't going to tell you. Go ahead. That's all good, man. I'm uh, no, I, I get what you're saying and everything like that, and that's true, bro. You no, know, I definitely got a plan, but I got to start from somewhere. That's that's all. That's pretty much all I was saying. You got to take care of you yourself. Know, uh, yeah, yeah. You, you know. know, and then from that right there, set it up so my kids can have something, so their kids can have something. You know what I'm saying? So like that, but they need to get educated, man. Well, if I get educated, I can pass it down to them. You know what I'm saying? Plus, what I get it, plus, what I, so I do. This, 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 this what I want to say. Like everybody want to do consultations with me and shit. I learned all my shit in jail. Okay, what I don't understand is that how if a person who was in jail, I understand we got more time and shit like that. We do in jail because most of the smart guys, a lot of guys are real swift. A lot of them are in jail and stuff like they learn in jail and things like that. But my thing is, it's like, they say, why are you charged and, you know, all this. My thing is, like, man, I I didn't have one quarter to the access of the information that y'all got access to when I was able to study this stuff and understand it. Now, I understand that everybody doesn't have the same level and ability in comprehending information and things. Like, well, in my opinion, they do if they just put in the necessary effort because education is all about repetition. But – you know, it's like still, it's like I'm not, ain't nothing hid. There's nothing hid. There's no type of, uh, there's no type of um, um, secret, you know, or nothing like that. It's just that everything is published and everything is out there in the open for you to find out for yourself. It's that you just got to put in the effort and read it. You know, a lot of people think they're going to have a consultation with me. I, you talk, talk my taxes, I'm going to hang up on your ass. It's going to hang up on your ass. Because right. another thing is, people we want consultations. I don't know who the fuck you are. You start asking me questions yeah. and shit about shit, trying to like entrapment or some type of shit like that. I got enough, you know, to deal with and everything, trying to educate people to get some motherfucker I ain't told clearly. I said, don't ask me. I had a dude call me and start asking me about my own personal taxes. 
and shit like that. Man, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? <laughs> well, if you, you know what I'm saying? Problem with taxes, man, probably, probably your status wrong, or or you need to get a trust, or something like that. You know that. Hey, you know, no, you ask me about my personal business. And shit. Ain't none of your motherfucking business. And you know, I got, I got to get you off the phone now because you know I see what you're about. You know, it's like yeah. I see people. You gotta understand. I see people, and this, and this right here, what we're involved in, is nothing to be taken lightly. You're talking about removing people from a tax base. Uh, okay, that garners a lot of attention from the federal <coughs> government. Looking for any excuse, I right, to uh, hem you up on something, on anything, all right? Because you out here teaching people how to free themselves and everything. How they, how they interpret that is, you motherfucking still in our tax base. You still in our tax? That's the first thing you get from the damn uh, uh, so, uh, uh, Secretary of State's office when you try to file a UCC one. This is some sort of tax protester scheme. I'm like, what the hell you talking about, man? I ain't t- protesting tax. I'm just trying to file a motherfucking UCC one. But they understand. Yeah. They tell you they understand what it is. Like, nigga, in a you different to go way. Private. In a in a different way. Yeah, they do. They say you're trying to go yeah. private. And going private means that you're not going to pay taxes. That's why I promote the damn secure party process, because you're giving them something else. You say, look, man, I, I'm going to help you with the taxes. I'm going to give you this damn bond. Okay. You I know y'all, like you said. Money, y'all, yeah. y'all broke as hell. So I'm going to take control of everything. I'm going to take control of the straw man because you ain't going to keep putting me in prison, motherfucker. Take it. I know you don't. I know you're mad I ain't paying taxes, but I can't let you keep stealing my goddamn children. Put me in jail for victimless motherfucking crime. Pulling me over every goddamn second after they write me a ticket for going five miles over the damn speed limit and stealing my damn money I worked all week to get. All this shit. I can't keep letting you do that shit. I know your incompetent. Sorry, lazy ass. Didn't know how to do international business and put the country $21 trillion in debt. But that ain't my damn fault. Yeah, they blame you for it, though. I was just on the impression, though. Uh, I was just on the impression, though, brother, that you have to kind of change your status, man. Change your status and everything like that before you do this appeal to our secure party and everything like that. What are you talking about? Claiming that? I don't know why y'all keep talking. How... It, I had nobody yet explain, uh, explain to me how claiming nationality has anything no, no, to do no, no, with no, not, commerce. No, no, no. We're talking about, I'm talking about as far as commerce. I'm not talking about nationality. Okay, well, I mean, okay, they say change your status. All right. That right there be throwing me off, too, because your status is always what it is. You always a okay. child of God. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you say it right. as far as uh, rebut the presumption, okay, that's it's a presumption that they are operating under, all right, because they only deal with legal fiction entities, straw men, okay, so right. your status ain't changing for nothing, you are, the you have always are the child of God, but if you're a child of God, it tells you don't be surety for a debt, don't do all of these things, you know what I'm saying, it, you do all these warnings, don't borrow, don't be a borrower in Deuteronomy, all this kind of stuff right here that you told from the word of God and everything, but you you are uh, just basically um, just uh, publicly going against that. You know what I'm saying? You're a heathen is what you are. You're living like a heathen. The Gentile nation is a heathen. So you're living like a heathen. You're not 
you're not obeying the laws of God, so now there's this presumption that you have a status of some sort of corporate entity when we all know that the real and the, and the unreal can't intermix. Okay, public and private don't mix. Okay, everything in the public right. is the art of humanity. Everything right. is the art of humanity. Okay, you're a real living soul. So you need some sort of artificial entity. So in changing your status, if you mean that you are no longer accepting the liability I for it, that you are deciding to use some sort of other entity to operate in commerce with other than this social security number, other than the status as an individual. Because, you know, you got seven entities oper- uh, uh, recognized by the IRS. You got a trust, an estate, a corporation, a company, association, a partnership, and an individual. Okay, you got all these different entities right, that are operating that are recognized by the IRS. Right, so if you want to interface with the public or, i.e., the United States and do business with them, you got to decide, okay, well, how am I going to do business with the United States? Am I going to do it I through a trust? Am I going to do it through a state? Am I going to do yeah. it through a partnership, an association, a corporation, a company? Or am I going to continue to accept all of the liability and keep doing business as this entity called, in the IRS code, an individual? An individual ain't nothing but some sort of corporate soul that has all mm-hmm. the liability. Corporate souls contain all the liability. I rest on their head. All right, so how am I going to limit my liability? Okay, how am I going to demonstrate? Then the next thing I got to understand is what, what, what kind of court system am I going into? Okay, who, what kind of court system is this? All right, how are they making their money? Okay, if there is no money, okay, if there's no more money, the only way you can make money in a system where there's no money right, is to get a security interest in property. If you grant me a security interest in your property, now I can write a bond on that, i.e. a promissory note, okay, against that and go and trade it, okay, operate and trade with it because I have a security interest in property now. There's no gold and silver we can do an exchange with, but now I got a security interest in property and I can write negotiable instruments against it. That's what your government is doing, okay? They are getting liens against the populace. Okay, in many different ways, if through banks, through court systems, whatever, okay, and they're forming a lien against it, they have to have a security interest in property so they can form a bond. Okay, and what they, they, the jail systems ain't nothing but people, the collateral for the security interest. They're holding property in there. Okay, and then they go and trade it and do, do mis, municipal funds and things <coughs> like that. It has to be that way. When you think about yeah. how the system operates, what other way could it be? If there's no money, how else are you going to create yeah. value? There's no, other, there's no other way you can tell me how it could operate when there's no money. If there's no gold and silver, if there's nothing to exchange like value for like value, okay, and then you have a debt-based system, all right, then where is value coming from? Well, it's coming from the creation of debt because you got a debt-based system. So everybody's looking to create more and more debt because debt is what is used as money. It's insanity. It's a yeah. demonic. When you think about it, some only a goddamn demon could have created this shit. Because <laughs> straight up in your Bible tells you all in your Bible tell you don't go into debt, and they create a whole system based on debt. <laughs> they tell you tell your Bible don't go into debt. Forgive us of our debt, if we forgive our debtors. And then somebody turn around. And create a whole system, whole system based off debt. Are you trying to tell me that ain't satanic? 
Yeah. Yeah, it is. Very much so. You know. And it ain't no way to get out of it. You got to borrow more money to pay the interest on the money you borrowed the first time. (laughs) 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 I mean, you look at it, it's like, these motherfuckers are coming in. I'm like, look, motherfucker, you can sound intelligent all you want. This is simple ass shit to see. They start trying to make the shit sound complex. The truth is simple. Yeah. It's mm. simple. Once they start getting away from the simplicity of it, they're trying to convince yourself to buy into the lie. With that, with that strange verbiage they use, you know. Yeah, they start talking. Well, you know, and they're trying to make it seem like you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Motherfucker, I'm 50 years old. I've been reading every day. I'm smarter than your bitch ass. You don't read. I know plenty of terms. Y'all drink, do cocaine, fuck, and do everything like everybody else is doing. And they go to work the next day to pick up a check. 90% of them. I act like they just so intelligent. You know, it's like, you know, you're really not intelligent enough to understand exactly what is being said right here in this statute. You know, it's just really demonstrative of um, a lack of, uh, well, well, how shall I say, of some sort of a thorough um, research. You know, into the particular <laughs> subject, you know, you really should leave this to attorneys to decide because, see, an individual has himself for a counsel has a fool for an attorney. You know that, right? You know, it's all, you know, look, look at that verb. Look at that verb. It's like you can't, you know, you have no way you can't read this and understand what the fuck is being said. When the longer you do it, the easier it gets. Once you start locking down certain principles and all of that, all right? But that's I why started, they got to start into this. They got to dumb you down. This in February, man. That you say what? I started in this probably back in late August, man. Something like that. You know. That's so. when you just started. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. See, the thing is, yeah. you got to. I I studied for about eighteen months before I really started taking any action. I right, my first yeah. three months. I, I first my first court appearance was three months. I got arrested. I, st- I had three months to study, and then I just started studying, studying, and doing everything like that, and just meeting people and figuring out that I could tell my, the thing I went through was nothing but a training ground for me. That there is a higher power that is guiding me through stuff because all the people I met, all the places I ended up, everywhere I went, there was a purpose for me to find out something new. And to learn something and to be introduced to something very important that I didn't realize before. It seemed like I was given all the tools. And that's another thing that I keep telling people. When you start having faith and you start understanding the spiritual, uh, the spiritual aspects of all of this, you will understand that you don't need to come and ask me nothing. Everything you need, it will be provided for you. Every person you need to meet, every piece of paper you need to file, everything that you need will be provided for you. You will get it. But it may not be the same thing that I got. It may not be the right. same thing that I got. It may be something different. It may be a different process or something like that. It's going to be specifically for you and tailored for your needs that is going to be provided for you. Okay? This is how you have to think. This is how you this is called faith. You have to understand that, hey, my needs are going to be provided for. If I need to get out of this system, I don't have to listen to no man him tell me like people say, oh, that bullshit, that patriot stuff. As soon as they say that shit, I start bombing on their shit. I start going in on the shit they talk about. 
I could because a lot of these yeah. guys, like I was listening to the informer. He's a smart guy. I, but I didn't read all that same shit. I didn't been into the congressional records. I didn't have interactions with the government and all that stuff, too. And I don't share the same view he does on a lot of things. I said, bullshit you're talking about. And so I don't know why they do that. They attack other people and things like that based off their own research, which is nothing but arrogance. Don't arrogance. Yeah. I know this is the way. Now, that's the way for you. That's the avenue yeah. that's been shown. You've been shown a door that's for you. They ain't letting no, ain't going to let everybody walk through the same door. You think they're going to allow a door to open that everybody can walk through at the same time? It's not going to happen. They're going to test no. every individual choosing to walk through that door on the basis of their own understanding of what they're doing. You have to come to your own understanding with it, you know. You have to come to your own understanding. And everybody's understanding is different because everybody has a different perception of reality. So you demonstrate a lack of wisdom, a lack of intelligence, when you don't understand that, hey, everybody sees everything differently. Everybody's yeah. vibrating at a different rate of speed. Nobody, no two people are seeing everything the same. So you got to be respectful of that. You, are, you reach a consensus by coming to an agreement on the facts like they do in court. In court, facts have to appear. And the only way facts appear is through stipulations. So we can agree. What can we agree on and what can we disagree on? And because I disagree with you, don't mean I'm wrong, don't mean you're wrong either. Not necessarily. Yeah. Because one thing I'm not going to do, I'm not going to let nobody discount my research because I feel like I'm just as intelligent as anybody out there doing this. True I that. feel like I am. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, well, you know, I, I research this thing too, and I just don't see eye to eye with you on this right here. We may have some sort of, of a, a disagreement on it or something like that, and that's your free will to do it. But I'm an individual, and I follow my own path. I'm my own sovereign. I'm, I'm not following you. I'm not looking to follow another man, all right? Because that's by I definition feel, it's blindly blind. Okay, I need I feel to. The same because, way, you know. You know what I'm saying? I'm not looking to follow no other man. I'm looking to carve out my own path, which is what everybody listening on this show should be striving to do. Because only when you have that will the nation wake up. When you take an active interest. And your own well-being. Because nobody is going to do that better than you. Nobody. This is true. Nobody's going to take an active interest in your well-being more than you. <laughs> I don't give a fuck how much money you give them. True. You're right. I'm sorry. Well, I'm, you have anything else no, you want to add? You want to tell us later? No, just hit me up on the email. <laughs> all right, you can do that, okay. all right. Well, what, what, uh, what email I need to hit you on, man? I mean, uh, highfrequencylawstalking.com. And I will try to answer. I get a ton of emails there. I will try to answer. I will try to answer you, okay? I'll try to answer all right, brother, I'm, I'm going to hit you up, man. I'm going to hit you up. Okay. okay. All right, peace, guys. Right. Peace. That's why I do these shows. Y'all can ask, ask me questions on the show. You know, that's why I'm here. You know, 502-9372. Erico. 
Peace to the gods. Peace to the gods. Peace to the gods. Peace to the gods. What's happening, bro? Man, I can't call it, bro. I'm just really glad that you're back on the air, man. I, I really appreciate all that you do in terms of, you know, offering us the information uh, that, uh, you know, like you said, create a better well-being for ourselves. Uh, man, I, uh, one of the things that I really love that you do is the natural law hour, man. And on Sunday, you know, I had to check my email for like 15 minutes straight yesterday. <laughs> trying to see if you still do that natural law hour yesterday. Because like you said, it's all about creating our own path. And, you know, what I do is, you know, the business that I'm in is I'm a time soil artist. And, you know, most people call what I do as a barber. So, you know, I'm in the black man's country club every day. And, you know, as you said, I can see the dumbing down of our people. And, you know, it's got our community in shambles. So yes. it's kind of uh, funny. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, last week, you know, I work with a lot of other barbers. There's five of us in there. And, you know, all the other ones, you know, they die hard Christians. So, you know, I try to insert myself, you know, in the conversations where I can. Because, you know, I'm not trying to bust a bubble. Because, you know, right. they're trapped, really. You know, they got that closed mind. And, you know, it got to the point last week, you know, where I was trying to tell them that they're gods, you know, because as barbers, that's what we do. We're gods because we create. We create haircuts, you know, based off of what the people want. But, you know, right. when you introduce that information to a to a Christian, you know, like you said, they got that victim mentality and they don't want to place themselves to have that type well, of they think that you're being they think that you're being that you're being blasphemous when you say that. Right. I think you're blaspheming. Yeah, that you're being blaspheming God. When you go into their Bible, I right there very clearly in uh, Genesis 3.22, where it says, look, the man mm-hmm. has become as one of us. What do you think that means? Yeah. Also in Psalms 82.6, it says, I say you're gods, and all of you are sons and daughters of the Most High. And then also Jesus mm-hmm. says it also in John 10.34, is it not written in your law, say you're gods. Now, what they would try to interpret it as, well, isn't this talk about judges, Yusuf? Well, no. Because that is why you need to go into the lane. One thing they won't do, and this is what you have to really see about Christians, they won't look at no Hebrew whatsoever. They don't think they need to. All right, they think, well, God right. told it to me in English. They use some old fucking faulty-ass stopping logic that's goddamn just, you know, basically because they don't want to admit they're wrong. Okay, this is rooted in an inability. The school of thought I went to, the first thing that our teacher used to tell us is you have to admit when you're wrong. Because when you don't remit when you're wrong, you start making up shit. We used to call it moosing. Because you have to start now creating things to support whatever it is that you're doing because now you're not standing in truth. Make your religion the truth, not some man-made label like uh, Christianity, Islam, Judaism, or something like that. My first religion is the truth. Either something is true or it is not true. Okay, that's it. I'm standing on that. And if I took up a position and I later found that I was wrong, which is what I had to do when I was a Jehovah's Witness, when I was Jehovah's Witness, I thought in my mind we were the most intelligent Christians out there. I really believe that. I said, we go to, man, what you talking about, man? We go, not only we go on Sunday, we have Bible study on Tuesday and Thursday. We do field service on Saturday, and I got my ass back in the kingdom all on Sunday. Uh, y'all ain't doing this shit. We have, you know, re, you know we have, uh, you know, regional uh, conventions and all of this kind of stuff. We get together. We actively, all of us all over the planet are studying the same thing every Sunday at the same time, all of this. So, you know, it built up in my mind. I'm like, you can't tell me nothing. Christian, I looked. I came in your church. Y'all ain't studying nothing. Y'all stand up singing, all right? 
Going up there, you know, giving money, uh, giving your money away and everything. We ain't giving money away. We're going out selling books and watchtowers in the wake and everything to make them fund our religion. We build, when we build a kingdom hall, we come together and build it ourselves and do it in two days. Right. This is what I was seeing, okay, in my religion that I, I believed in. But it wasn't because of that. It's like in my heart, I was earnestly looking for the truth. I want to know what the truth was because there would be things I would see. Why does it say, let us create man in our image and after our likeness? And it wasn't acceptable to me when somebody said, oh, you see, that's uh, Jesus. That's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. See, let me go over here, and we're going to go on the New Testament, and I'm going to show you where, you know, Jesus was back there with them and everything. You know, it started like, you know, started like going, taking it about making up shit, trying to associate things with something that when you read it in the language, you they have no association with that whatsoever. But they won't go into the language. So you look at this word, God is Elohim. So then they start giving you, well, you know, see, that's the plurality. And what that is, is that's the feminine uh, aspect of uh, the creator and everything. They thought, like, what the fuck are you talking? That's not what that's saying. It's very simple. This is talking about a group of people. Nah, nah, nah. Nah, I can't be talking about a group of people. And you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? They will, they will take the simple truth. And make it complex. That's exactly what they do. But when you start talking that way, <laughs> and when I start talking that way, they call me a Christian bastard. Like I'm, I'm bashing them or I'm trying to make fun of care. them. But I tell them. They need to get bashed. Let me tell you, let me tell you about these people, man. But ain't they? I used to bash us. I came up in high school being a Jehovah's Witness. I got persecuted for that. One of them Jehovah's Witnesses. I know. I- be knocking on the door. Yeah, you can go knocking on people's doors. Yeah, yeah you're knocking on people's door and everything. You know what I'm saying? You think that was kind of flattering to do that? You know what I'm saying? It wasn't. It was very hard to do that. Okay, that's not I'm saying getting revenge or anything like that. But what goes around comes around. Okay, now we're in the age of information. Now you can't keep telling Definitely people all this bullshit yeah. that you've been telling. When I can go on the internet and pull up 22 different versions of the Bible and check out what you're saying and go get a Strong's concordance right on my damn phone and look and see what the translation says in Hebrew, you're in a different time now. You can't keep telling people all that. They just don't believe what you were saying. You're in a different time. We're in the age of information. We're in the age of enlightenment. It says the truth shall be known and the entire world and in the end will come. We're in a time where that can happen because only in the age of the internet can the whole world hear and know something at the same time. But would you say if we're in the age of information to, to go along with that, isn't this the age of misinformation? Because there's so much information out there, and you know, there's, there can there, there, be a lot of misinformation. There, there, there is a lot of misinformation. Let me tell you how to discern. First of all, you need to listen to your spirit. The spirit is going to tell you, you know, because I see a lot of information, misinformation out there a lot. But see, I've been doing this for so long, too. There is something to say about when you've studied a particular subject for a number of years. okay? because Uh new person like, for instance, I I know for a fact, like in uh, first John five, what is it? Five, one, I think, where it said there are three to bear witness, the father, the son and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. Okay, that's in the Bible. Now. 30 years ago, they would have in the footer and tell you that this verse was not present in any Bible prior to the 16th century. 
Okay, they actually used to put that in the footers of the Bible. Today, that ain't there. So a new person will read that and say, look, these are Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. These three are one. I'll be like, well, man, they ain't in no Bible project. They, they added that shit in there. But then you got to get into an argument about it because they knew. They ain't seen it before. They just start reading the Bible. Yes, yeah, especially if you're dealing with a young person. They just start. That's why you need to respect your older people, too. You know, your older oh, people you in the community are so important. They're very important. That's why you got to understand because the changes and the lies that come and cover up the truth, the only people who really have knowledge about it and access to it are your elders. Uh-huh. Your elders. You know what I'm saying? Because if the young people just get left to their own devices, they're going to go blindly about everything because they're not rooted in anything in the, in, in, uh, they don't have any knowledge of their history. Oh, history is very me. important. It's very important. I see, it, I so, see it every day. I see it every day. So what you, what you got to do in developing a teaching technique, because you got to give people what they want, what they want, what they have to give. So over the years, I used to battle with Christians. I don't battle with them anymore. I uh, agree with them. You know, I roll, I roll with them. I use the word God. I use the word. I use all the terminology that they like to use. Okay, to go along with them. I then, in some kind of way, I'll say, okay, well, have you taken the time to look, get a strong concordance and see what this says in Hebrew? And then you got to know, cause, okay, like for instance, when they try to give you this definition in Hebrew, then you got to go to some Hebrew scholars from their camp, cause see, everybody got whistleblowers. Everybody got whistleblowers. So they'll say, well, this don't mean, this is not what Elohim mean in Hebrew, Yusuf. It don't mean no plurality of deities. These are plurality of attributes of the Most High God. But then you're looking at this God, he asking questions like, where are you at? Who told you that? Cussing out the snake. You're going to crawl for your belly forever and eat dust. And then later in Job, you up in heaven making a bed. You know, things like that, you know. Well, you know, you start looking at it, you're like, damn, this don't seem like no all-loving creator of the balanced universe. You know, it's like, it seems like this some type of pissed-off being, you know, who got jealous. Oh, you shall have no God before me. I'm like, you know, why you jealous? You, you mad? You know, I thought you were the only God. All these other gods are fictitious. Don't I got free will? You know, I, I, if I wanted to serve another God, should that allow me to be my free will to do it? And you not get pissed off about it, start threatening to send my ass to hell. What was the point of giving me free will? You know, just, you know, just simple questions. Like they'll have an excuse for it. They will have a rational, good sounding explanation for it. Okay, but it still will not be rooted in simplicity and common sense. Okay, and you can always overcome it because I can go right in the Bible and show them something else. They'll make an excuse for that. They'll make an excuse for that. They'll make an excuse for everything that you show them. Because they have a religious paradigm, and they feel yeah, like that if they, yeah, well, they feel like if they betray, uh, that you know, become a what it, what they call it, uh, uh, apost an apostate or apostasy. Okay, you become an apostate towards your own religious belief. You betrayed yourself and God, or blaspheme God. There's some deeply inrooted, uh, deeply uh, rooted and ingrained within the psyche of individuals is their belief system. That's why religion is so important on this planet. Religion is a very, very powerful uh, device in, uh, on planet Earth. You know, you got you to give religion its respect, okay? But there is a, there's a difference between theology and religion. Everybody has some sort of inherent, um, deep-seated belief that there is a higher power. 
okay? But everybody's uh, different um, conception of that is what gives rise to what is called theology. And then they try to force that on other individuals and then call you all kind of demons and everything like that because you don't want to buy into their paradigm of what they believe God to be when they none of them met God. Ain't nobody ever met God. Says you know, they say they had a lie. The Bible is saying nobody ever seen God. Okay, so they say they talk to God. Okay, well, God talked to you. Why can't he talk to me? He said, well, they use other people to talk to you, brother. Like God just came. Trust me, if God started speaking to me the way you claim he speaks to you, I'm going to listen. Because that's going to be some weird-ass shit. That I'm like, why? Damn, where that voice just came from? You, sir. Huh? You, you know, you're like, I'm just going to ignore that, you know, or something. Like, I'm just going to be like, I'm so recalcitrant in my, you know, in my, in my disposition that if a, if a, a voice comes from heaven and starts speaking to me, I'm just not going to pay no damn attention. A voice starts speaking to me from heaven and saying, I'm God and all this kind of stuff right here. That's going to impact you for the rest of your life. You know what right I'm saying? And some people claim to have had that and, and they may very well have, but so that's why I leave them to their own belief. It's, it's, that's not nothing that you can really, so determined for another individual, all you can do is look at this book, okay, that they claim because without this book, okay, they, they don't have any evidence of their religion. So we have to utilize this book primarily, okay, because without the book, there ain't no Christianity, there ain't no Judaism, and, and probably not no Islam either, because Islam is a derivative of Christianity. It came around, you know, right after Christianity with, with uh, Prophet Muhammad. So those, when you start looking at that and you say, okay, well, we got to look at this book. A lot of them don't want to look at the book. They want to go on their own devices. They want to go off what their preacher said. They want to go off what God spoke to me. And I don't give a damn about God speaking to you. I'm looking at this book, man. Okay, this is supposed to be the word of God. And you sitting here trying to testify to me and all this kind of stuff. All right? And you're warned about that in Matthew 7, 2. Many shall come to me in this day saying, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many powerful works in our name? And he's going to tell you, I'm going to tell you that day, get away from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Who do you think he's talking about? Or Matthew chapter 24, tell us when the end will come. He said, many shall come in my name, say, I'm Christ and deceive many. Who do you think he's talking about? You got guys talking about they Jesus now on YouTube and all this kind of stuff. And women who look like Jezebel, you know, they women in the Christian church, they look like, you got a woman called Jezebel in the Bible, and they strive at all costs to emulate this woman. So this is what I see, you know, and if you ain't seeing it because you don't read your own book. That's just my opinion. You're not reading your own book. And that's what most of them don't do. They don't read their book. And if you talk to them like a Christian, you got to be very careful about a Christian. They follow the books of Paul. And that's another something else that most people are following the Bible saying. You got the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then you got the 13 books of Paul, who is the self-appointed apostle to the Gentiles. Even though in Mark and Matthew 10, 5, Jesus, when he sent them out, he said, Go ye not here, uh, go not to the Samaritans of the Gentiles, but go ye instead to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But they'll say, Well, it wasn't time for that yet. I'm saying, what time for it? Where did Jesus say it? So now they have to come out with a roadside meeting in the book of Acts. Acts is written by Luke. Luke was not a disciple. Luke was not a disciple at all. He tells you in Luke 1, he said, I wrote all this stuff because 
I felt like I had just as much knowledge as anybody. He don't say he was divinely inspired. An angel came and gave it to him. Wasn't nothing like that. He say he wrote it because he felt like he knew just as much as everybody else. You see that in Luke chapter 1. So he wrote Acts. He's, he's Paul's sidekick. Okay, and now you have this immaculate meeting on the roadside where he's taught to go to the Gentiles. Even though under Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 19, and Acts chapter 22, they contradict themselves. He tells a story like three times and it contradicts itself. All right, so this is where he, yeah, he came to the Gentiles. And right, he started preaching his own doctrine to the Gentiles, the doctrine of grace. All right, so now they say they're not under the law anymore, which contradicts Jesus because in Matthew chapter 5, he says, Think not that I come to destroy the law of the prophets. I came not to destroy, but to confirm. And if anybody teaches anybody that to go against his law, he's going to be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. He said, if you teach anybody this. So then he had to come back again in the book of Revelations. After you had all the 13 books of Paul, you had the book of Revelation, all right, which Revelation chapter 1 said, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto this servant things which must shortly come to pass. Blessed is he who read this and the word, follow the words in this book. Okay, it's told you that. He got it now. I know the blasphemy of those who call themselves Jews who are not. They're the synagogues of Satan. And Revelation 2, 9. So he's going back talking about some of these people in these books. They try to give you the impression all these books came together. You go, in the, you go in the church, they stay out of the book of Revelation. They stay out of it. Because Jesus started reiterating. The book of Revelation was written in 96 A.D. John was written in 98. He's the only one that wasn't a martyr. Matthew was written in 48. Acts was written in 63. Luke was written in 54. You need to know the dates all of these things were written as well. So now you get an understanding of how John came back almost 50 years later and wrote the book of Revelation to cancel out all this other bullshit that was talked about prior to that. But your preachers won't tell you this. Yeah, you don't know no so and things and things like that. You know, you don't know you don't know any of that stuff. Why this why these letters? What is the difference between a pistol and something that is divinely inspired? Book of Revelations is divinely inspired. Because it tells you right in verse one. Okay, so this is the this is this confusion that's being spread. The Bible is a collection of 66 books. And then they got something called the Apocrypha that they left out. That's in the Catholic Church book. Okay, but why did you decide to leave these? I done read the, the Sirach of Jesus. I can't see nothing in it that would lead me to understand why you would take it out the Bible. And then leave 66 books. Is six the number of the devil? Yeah, it's an interesting number. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? These are the things that, you know, I look at. You know, when you study these people, you got to understand, they go to seminary school, and they taught to tell these people, just like ain't no different than the public school. The church got a, a the theological seminary dumbing down their people, too. You go on the Internet and look at some of them uh, Catholic priests and people like that, they'll talk about it. They ain't been, they've been taught a specific doctrine to come out and teach people that they not God's chosen people, that they some sort of uh, some sort of Gentile that but basically is in, incapable of controlling themselves, so they need grace in order to receive salvation. 
instead of understanding that Jesus came as an example for you to follow, okay, that the goal is to become a self-perfected being. Because like he said, you are a God and a goddess. And it don't matter if you don't like it. It's right there in your book. And trust me, they don't like it. <laughs> That's because they, they don't like it. Tell them that. They anti-Christ. This is Jesus saying that, and they don't like it? Yeah. That is called the spirit of the antichrist. That's what's being discussed. It ain't no understanding of the Bible. The Bible is about understanding your power. That's why it says in Luke 17, 21, look ye not here, not there, but the spirit of God, the kingdom of God is within you. Mm-hmm. It's teaching Mark 11, 22 through 26. If you tell this mountain to be, if you tell, if words come out of your mouth, and you tell this mountain to be cast into the ocean, okay, and do not doubt it in your heart, nothing will be impossible for you. He said, how many, how many times he say, all the things that I do, you shall do that and greater. But all this gets swept under the rug. All this gets ignored to prey on people's lack of self-esteem, lack of knowledge of self. All right, to think that they need some sort of mediator between themselves and the creator of the balanced universe in order to achieve salvation. When it's contrary to the teachings of the word of the individual name who they wear around their neck when they call themselves Christian, which means Christ like. That's what I see with them and everything. And then you can't be afraid to tell the truth. You got to speak the truth. Everybody knows what I'm saying is true. I'm putting the verses out. You go read. All you can do is try to call in and say, you don't understand. You misinterpreting that verse, brother. That's not what that really is talking about. <laughs> you, you don't think I have gone head to head in my 30 years. I got plenty of practice addressing rebuttals. Plenty. That I will show you in the Bible. Ain't going to come off the top of my head or nothing like that. I got plenty of experience and addressing rebuttals. Oh, you know, that's not what they're talking about. You can't go to the language on their ass. They don't want to do that. Okay, what is the word saying in Hebrew? What is it saying in Greek? What is the word you're using, you know, in Aramaic? You know, you know, you start going into these languages and everything. You know, then we find out, well, you know, is there really such thing as a Hebrew? Okay, to cross over. I thought, you know, Abraham came out of Ur Chaldean. When he's speaking Chaldean, isn't that the language? Child, isn't that the real language, Chaldean? Which comes out of Samaria. Is it is there a reason now that he came out of Samaria that we find in the Samarian tablets and tales the same stories that you find in the Hebrew text? Because of where the individuals, the father of all those nations came from, he came out of Samaria. See, this common sense stuff that I see, I'm like, damn, why don't people use common sense and see what, what this is? Common see, you got a thing called, you got belief that is based off knowledge, and then you got blind belief. And too many of these people walk in blind belief. Right? You don't never follow no woman. You'll never follow no woman. Women come to me and tell me, you know, I'm like, I don't give a damn. Because women, they they be like following men and everything. You need to come to my church, listen to my pastor. Like, you want to fuck your pastor. 
what it is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's all it is and everything. You want me to come under another man. What type of woman would do that? That's what's I'm going on. Type of sexual perversion or something like that. You ain't interested in the truth. That's why you don't see nothing but women up in there. You know what I'm saying? That's what's going on. And it's the truth. It's You're not lying about it. I talked to, talk to plenty of pastors, too, right, ruthless ones, and everything to tell me the truth, what go on behind the scenes, even in the Jehovah's Witness Church. I've had one tell me the truth. You know, like one told me one time, he said, man, you don't know what we got to deal with. You know, I got women coming to me and everything. They say, well, I can't concentrate up in, you know, the congregation because I constantly be thinking about having sex and things like that. You know, people be sitting out in the audience, it look like they're paying attention, but a lot of them having other kind of thoughts in their mind and stuff like which is understandable. We all human beings and things like that. I'm not trying to uh, do it, but everybody tries to make it seem like everybody's so saintly and all of this kind of stuff. But when you're really behind the scenes dealing with people, you know, you get an entirely different picture of what's going on in these organizations. When you're behind the scenes, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, you're not going to look at things the same way everybody else look at it. You know, you understand what what is a theatrical skit and what's not, what's real and what's not, what's true and what's not. You know, what you're trying to accomplish for the organization, why you need to do things in a specific way in order to be successful. Namely, you got to give people what they want. Because you can't, because people, that is like the number one rule with any success in any business. You can't give people what you want. You got to give them what they want. If you don't give people what they want, you won't be successful in any kind of business. And, and religion is a business. So they got to give you what you want. You know, if you so, so it's only a small few who are really, what I can talk about, walk the straight and narrow road, all right, or in, in, in Islam, what they call Sarato uh, Mustaqim. All right, so this straight and narrow road and everything that only a few, many, okay, it tells you right there. All right, many are the ones who follow the broad and spacious road all right, that leads to destruction, and few are the ones that find the road to everlasting life. It's narrow and cramped, and few are the ones that find it. All right, you got that in Matthew, what, chapter 24, where Jesus is talking about that. What do you think? He's telling you all that all the time. You got 144,000. All right, you're talking about elite. I don't ever hear no churches talk about that. What are they talking about that? It's 144,000. Okay, uh-huh. all this stuff, elite, is also talked about in the book of Matthew. Jesus talked about it in Matthew chapter 24. He talked about the end times. If it weren't for the elect, okay, it would have to continue. It's some sort of elect that's supposed to come about and start teaching you. 144,000 of them. Okay, so you got all these prophecies and everything in the Bible. I don't hear nobody talking about them. I don't hear no type of preparation being made to, uh, you know, talk about this kind of stuff. Well, who are these people? The Jehovah's Witnesses talk about it. They do. But, of course, everybody was white in their organization. All 144,000 was white. You know, and nobody else, you know, just like they do in the movies and everything. You know, you got extraterrestrials come. They white. You know, you got, you know, everything. You go to Aquaman, everybody in the city, in the, in the city is white. You know, ain't no black people nowhere. <laughs> yeah, That's how they do it. So I, got, go. <laughs> I got one last thing before I uh, yeah, go ahead. Before, go ahead. Uh, um, you know, I've been I've been awoke for a while, and my first introduction, you know, to being enlightened was the Kabbalah, you know, the Tree of Life, and you know, I right. practice my meditation every morning. 
um, before I, uh, you know, go about my day. But on their Father's Day last year, I started having seizures out of nowhere. I've never had a seizure a day in my life. And, you know, I've been trying to come to grasp with it because they diagnosed me with epilepsy. And I know that, you know, you have the power of the subconscious mind and, you know, actually controlling and containing your mind because, you know, it can go any and everywhere. So I'm trying to, you know, come to sense with why this is happening to me. Where did this all stem from? And, you know, because it was... If it's a spirit, if it's a spirit or it's some... Usually if something just started, it's something you put in your body. Something got put in your body. The body is 75% water. Okay, so change the water out. In other words, do a fast. What does it say in the Bible? How is it this spirit only comes out through fasting and meditation? That was the same thing. The dude had mental problems and everything that was bugging him. Okay, they called it spirits back then. They would call you called an epileptic fit. In in history, they call it possession. Okay, they would call it possession. But either way, the way to treat it today, they try to treat it with chemicals, which don't work. When it's all about yeah, that's all about reestablishing the equilibrium in the body. Once again, it's common sense. The human body is made up of five elements, earth, water, air, fire, and spirit. Okay, spirit. the fifth element is spirit. All right, you got your water, your body 75% water. It's made of earth and dust you came and dust you will return. All right, fire, you breathe in oxygen and breathe out carbon dioxide. You got a body temperature of 98.6 degrees. There's some sort of heat that's emanating from you, some sort of fire that's burning in you. And then, of course, you need oxygen to keep the fire burning. Okay, so you're a composite of those four elements. The spirit is in the blood. You know, the Jehovah's Witnesses really do. You know, Jehovah's Witnesses get mocked a lot for not um, wanting blood transfusions. But the more I study about blood, the more I say they're right. Because that's somebody else's mm-hmm. spirit. And, and, and sperm is concentrated blood. So when you ejaculate up in a woman, they got something called, um, what is this thing, um, DNA, it's a DNA, DNA from another man and baby. Uh, I got to look at that, uh, find out the name of that. But what it is is that, like, every everybody a woman has sex with, she uh, – she retains the DNA. You as soon as you yeah, tell a man, oh, this, they get mad because they want to basically, you know, uh, they they want to, um, they basically want to uh, 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 support whoring. All right. When they say, well, you know, it's not whoring, you know, you, well, y'all do it and everything. Well, you have to understand, men establish the definition of whoring, not women, because we are the ones who decide whether we want to marry you or not. And if we feel like you having sex with a hundred different men makes you a whore, you can say whatever you want in your mind. We've already made the decision in ours of what it's going to be. And you're not going to convince us any, any, any kind of way otherwise. So it's like they try to make it seem like we bring up these things, like you having sex with different people, okay, you're retaining the DNA, and it can even be evident in the child. Now you begin to understand why such a high price was put on virginity. And the first thing you got to understand is that that the ancients were much more intelligent and much more advanced than we are today in genetic in genetics and everything. That's another lie that's being perpetuated that they show you in movies that they give you the impression that ancient Egypt now it was like primitive. Okay, what primitive? They just took a different technological 
avenue than we did. They didn't have to go the route of computers and uh, cell phones because you got telepathy, you got memory, you got you got they are they are doing things. Uh, they got magic. They are doing things with their minds that people in this civilization can't do. So they had they need some crutch called a computer or a cell phone to do it with. You see what I'm saying? So the development, the spiritual, the focus on spiritual development was higher in ancient civilizations than it is today. And these people understand that. You know what I'm saying? So this thing with, you know, the DNA, you know, they understood all of that. And, you know, we and uh, women are taking on all of this DNA from different individuals. And, you know, and, and it, it, it affects their personality. Okay, and they don't want to accept that because they say, well, you know, they want to be able to do the same thing men can do. You constituted differently from a man. You ain't made to do what we do. You are passive. You are the pa- You're the feminine energy and masculine energy cannot do the same thing. Should be should be common sense. How are you trying to? You know, you can't. You're not. You're not masculine. You can't do what we do. <laughs> you know, that's just what it is. You know, you have an active principle and a passive principle. Okay, you got a receptive and active. Yeah, it's polarity. So, you know, you're trying to be both poles at the same time. You know, you can't do that. Okay, you can't do that. That's not your focus is to try to, and like men, and and it's not to, it's not also, I think sometimes they think I'm trying to promote men going out sleeping with as different uh, women as they can. I'm not promoting that either because we take on energy too. You know, from having sex with women like that, that affects our ability to be um, successful in life and so forth. We got to watch what energy we pick up as well. Okay. But so, you know, because you got all these women got this masculine energy in them from the, all these different men, you can pick that up as well. So there are things, you know, that, you know, we start studying the sciences of, you know, of, of the active and passive principles of masculine and feminine energy. I, a lot of the feminists, they don't want to hear it. They feminists, you know, they want to, they want to be men. They want to dominate. When, like, where are you getting this philosophy from? What civilization are you getting it from? I just studied it all. It's like it ain't in Egypt. It's not. If, if they try to put that in your, it's not in Egypt. You have a masculine and uh, uh, feminine principle in ancient Egypt as well. It's not that one dominates the other. It's that they both hold. Different positions. It's not neither one of them above the other. You've got to have both. Like you uh-huh. need a positive pole on a battery and a negative pole on the battery. You can't go and say, well, we don't need the positive pole on the battery to run the car, Yusuf. We just need the negative pole. Because mm-hmm, the key to life is balance. Got to have that balance. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're two sides to everything. So they just, they like religion. That's a religion. Feminism is a religion, too. That's just as base and it's just as lacking in into type of any type of intellectual scrutiny as anything else. It's just it's just an attempt to try to fight back and put the women in, in a, back in a respectable position, and I understand that, but they take it too far and go too far with it, and some of the things that they say. And then we as men, you know, the real the real alphas. In the in the community, they don't buy into it. The, the you know the uh, the uh, the uh, beta males will, but they run across the alpha male. He ain't trying to hear none of that shit you talking about. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. You know what I'm saying? You know, well, I'm a goddess. 
said, well, I'm a God. And what about it? Congratulations to you. Okay, now start exercising that. Start demonstrating your, your ability. Start living within your feminine energy that you you understanding what it is, that it manifests things. But it has to be impregnated by a masculine energy. Yeah, the seed has to be planted. Mm-hmm. It's doing anything. They call Mother Earth a, a woman, but you got to put seeds in her. That's why they call her Mother Earth. Okay, they call the universe <laughs> Mother Nature because you got to put seeds in her. They're called thoughts. You put a seed in it, it comes back. I, everything that you show me that has a, ma- a feminine quality, I'll show you the, ma- the masculine aspect to it of what it requires. That's why it's called feminine. By nature, if it's called feminine, that by default means there's a masculine. Just like when I say dark, there's light. When I say up, there's down. When I say hard, there's soft. You know what I'm saying? There's a polar opposite to everything. I say positive, they're negative. You know, it's just, you know, it's like I don't understand the, I don't understand it's a lack of critical thinking that they demonstrate because this is simple. It's not complex. I don't have to start talking in no real high level language or anything like this. This is some basic two plus two equal four shit, motherfucker. <laughs> I said it ain't yeah, but complex. They don't, people don't, people don't get that, unfortunately, but that just goes to what you were talking about earlier, how there's really a dumbing down of the people. And it's just evident in what you just stated. That's why it's important to know principles. You know, the principle, it removes the complexity. The principle is always simple. So the principle in it, you know, just like before you do algebra, you know, you got to know the order of operation, you know, with addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. Okay, all those are pretty simple. Addition is simple. Subtraction is simple. Multiplication is simple. Division is simple. You can pretty much do all of those, you know, working them out on a piece of paper. Those are the principles, but you got to know that before you do algebra or anything else. And it's the same thing with anything in life. You study the principles. The principles are always simple. They're always simple. So before I get into the complexity of whatever topic I'm engaging in, there's an underlying principle that can be applied to it. And if you don't understand that, you don't understand what the fuck you're talking about. And that's just it. Hello? Yeah, I'm still here, my brother. You soaking up everything that you're spitting, man. Hey, guy, quiet. Let me get back on the line. I got some other people who want to talk. I just peace, brother. Peace. I just start going off and everything. All right, peace. Let me go back to the phone line. Go to 717-9668. You're on line. How you doing, Yusuf? I'm doing good. What's going on? So, you know, the guy was talking about the birth certificate earlier. I had a real pleasant conversation with a guy yesterday that what uh, was telling me about what he had has been doing. Um, and when you were talking about it, the verse that you go to every so often, uh, every so often about render under Caesar that which is Caesar. Yep. He said, he said, now, under the Trading with the Enemy Act, you're considered an enemy belligerent, correct? I said, well, yeah. I said, he said, well, what you got to do is you got to make peace with the United States. He said, when he realized that, he said, 
I started studying peace treaties. He said he drew up a peace treaty with the United States. Um, you said you were talking earlier about knowing who you are. I don't remember exactly what you said. He said you have to declare who you are and yep. file that into, into the record. And he said when he got to the point where he done all this, he gave he gave he got power of attorney over the estate. He said I surrendered the birth certificate back to them because whose is it? It's not mine. They created it. He said I did a special deposit and surrendered it to the U.S. Okay, and, well, that's uh, the same thing. See, I'd heard people do that. <laughs> All right. I, the thing, so now we, we'd have that, to get into discussion. Do you really give them the birth certificate or do you give them a bond that is collateralized by the birth certificate? So you're still doing the same thing. All right, you let them know. The same thing, yeah. Yeah, when you, when, you, when you go get your birth certificate and get it authenticated, okay, and then you send them a package with a copy of it, what you're doing is you're letting them know, I am the holder in due course of this document. Okay, you're the holder yeah. in due course. When you give it to them, yeah. you're allowing them to be the holder in due course. All right, so I'm the holder in due course of this document. Okay, this is UCC 3-302. All right, now I'm yeah. creating a bond. All right, from, I'm proving to you I got it. My first package that goes out to you is to prove to you I got it. I filed a UCC-1, which is a notification that I got a interest in it, that I have it in my possession, and I'm encumbering it. Okay, I'm encumbering it. I'm putting it in a trust. Okay, it's in my possession. Here is a certified copy of it. I'm not giving you the actual document. I'm giving you all I'm doing is proving to you that I got it. But what I am doing is giving you a bond. It's a some people call it a birth certificate bond in place of the birth certificate that you can trade on the market. Okay, and get value of, and I'm getting evidence that I have it, and I'm putting this in trust and appointing you as a trustee to do this for me. This is the reason why they call it a UCC contract trust account. Okay, I'm putting this bond. I'm letting you know that I got the interest. The uh, the uh, the uh, property that I'm exchanging into the trust is the bond. Okay, that, okay. As a trustee, how you get compensated? Okay, is off the interest from the bond. That's on the that's in the tenor of the bond itself. It tells you because trustees got to get paid. So this is how they get paid. Okay, and, and it has a 30-year maturity date. It has to be returned to me. Why does it have to be returned to me? Because I'm the holder in due course. Now, you have to look at some of these documents and understand all of this because people have actually gotten these documents over the years and changed the verbiage on these documents. Like where it no longer says yeah. it doesn't call the Secretary of Treasury the holder. It calls him the holder in due course. No, the Secretary of Treasury is the holder. Okay, you are the ultimate holder well, in due course. Now, well, what he actually did is he did surrender the birth, the long form birth certificate after it was authenticated. But he did a special deposit. He, and what else he did is he created his own birth certificate. He said, I didn't use any of their language. He said, you know, I went and got the NAC code, the NAC code that would give you the. Uh, that's the code based on latitude and longitude of where NIAC. the. Yeah, are you talking about NAC? No, it's a NAC, N-A-C. Oh, okay, NAC. Uh, okay, yeah, and, and that ties you to the land. He said, I didn't use their weights and measures as in pounds and inches. He used stones and something else. I have to get, I got an example of it. And 
he created his own, and he did the registered uh, registered mail number and used that as the identifier. He recorded it with the uh, county recorder, and he did exactly what you was talking about. But he created his own stuff. And I don't, and I don't have no problem with that as long as he can probably prove because he. You know, the Bible is still a, um accurate or legitimate record of birth as well, you know, right now. Yeah. And uh, you, can, you don't have to use their birth certificate. All that stuff is voluntary, taking your child into a hospital, having a child born, then forced to have a, you know, a birth certificate and a Social Security number and all that kind of stuff. You know, you're taking your children inside of these hospitals, which are agents of the federal government, and therefore they yep. are requiring that a birth certificate be born because you brought them inside – basically the jurisdiction of the United States when you take them into a hospital, all right? Because that's the instrumentality of the federal government, these hospitals. But um, these, la- these licensed practitioners and so forth. Uh, but, you know, I don't have a problem with it as long as, long as you can demonstrate, as long as it's properly authenticated and uh, um, there's proof, like, who he is, like witnesses and things like that, yeah. that was going to substantiate yeah. what he's saying. You know, it may not be a problem with it. You know, it's like I can't say what is and what is not. I've seen a lot of good processes where people make up all their own paperwork, and I don't have a problem yeah. with that. I make it. I made up my own um, uh, affidavit of identity. You know what I'm saying? So there are things that you know you can make up for yourself. I don't really see a need to do all of that personally. Me, you know, I just use. There, you're the only one that can go get the birth certificate from Vital Statistics. Nobody else can get it. Probably except your parents. Okay. Yeah. Other than that, you the only one to go get it. So when I got it in my possession, okay, it's been held for me down at Vital Statistics. Obviously, it's being held in some sort of trust for me because it's only released to me. They the, yeah. the trustees down. You, you see what I'm saying? So it's being oh, yeah. released to me, and I, I, once I got it, it, it demonstrates that I was born here in the United States. That I have a beneficial interest in any type of distribution from these trustees, right? Because they trustees in the Republic, they all trustees. I, to, in my in my estimation, the birth certificate is on the republic side, not on demo, dem, democracy side. Yeah, I don't look at it as being in the democracy. I look at it as being in a republic. Okay, and so you can create some sort of instrument off of it. But I don't have a problem with anything that he did, none whatsoever. I ain't got a problem with nothing he did. If he wants to uh, make up his own stuff, more power to him. You know, I am actually a proponent of creating all of your own documents. The more of your own documents you can create, the more you're demonstrating your sovereign status. Because as a private person, it's all about contract. If he presents it to them and they accept it, who's to say that he's wrong? Ain't nobody can say he's wrong, you know, because if he he send it to them in the mail under contract, okay, he said, okay, you accept this. Okay, who's saying he's wrong? Nobody can say he's wrong. it's It's what you always say. If you learn the principles... You can develop your own methods. Develop your own methods. He can make his own. So if he sends it off and they accept it, they accepted it. It don't matter what nobody, it don't matter what I say or what nobody else say, they accepted it. That's a contract. Contract makes the law. It's all about doing business. If they wanted to, they say, you know what, we'll accept this from you. Who am I to say something was wrong? I can't say, oh, that was wrong. What he did, they say nothing. They're like, hey, they accepted it. I yeah, he, he accepted it. <laughs> now he nothing. absolutely got me. He absolutely got me tickled because you were talking about taxes earlier too. 
and he said, "Yeah, I got one. I got those let one of those letters from the IRS requesting all kinds of documentation and information." He said, "I just turned around and made them limited power of attorney and said, hey, if you if you want it, you have to go to the court, the the different corporations and get it. Here, here's your power of attorney. I did that You're authorized too. to go do it." And he I said, did that too. "Said I never heard nothing outside of them." <laughs> I did that with my uh, passport application. Uh, they uh, this years ago they wrote me and said, "Oh, you got uh, owe some back taxes, something, something like that." And I said, "Okay." I said, and I, I sent it back. I said, "Okay, well, you, I'm making you a fiduciary. Go take care." I, I was actually talking to the lady over the phone because she hadn't sent me my birth certificate back. You know, you're supposed to send your birth certificate back, but she was sending me all this yeah. correspondence. And so I called him. I said, "Okay." I was the problem. They told me what the problem was. I said, okay, well, I'm making you a fiduciary. I need you to take that birth certificate, and I need you to go ahead and settle all those accounts out. Hung up the phone immediately and never heard nothing else back. And what you're going to start to see, this is what you're going to start to see. You may not see nothing expressly written from them, but you see people start to treat you different. Police officers treat you different. You know, prosecutors now, treat you different. Everybody starts treating you different. You don't know what's going on, but when you walk in, everybody's looking at you funny. Everybody's kind of like, you know, they like, you know, you're like, damn, nigga, why you looking at me like that? Because they looking at, oh, he, he's one of them. You know what I'm saying? It's like they, it's yeah. like they live type thing. You know, everybody knows. You know, I got pulled over by the police one time. I had a light out, headlight out, got and pulled over one of the worst counties here in Georgia. Okay, pulled over. Uh, police pulled me over. I said, "Say, man, what you uh, what you pulled me over for?" He said, "Your headlight is out." And I had a lawsuit against the county. All right, them been through a whole bunch of stuff with him. I right? he he wasn't even gone sixty seconds. He came back. Thank you, sir. Have I don't even think I had insurance or something. He said, "Hey, thank you, sir. Have a nice day." Walked off. Just came back, brought me my stuff, and walked off. You'll see when you are doing what you're supposed to do. And they see you know what you're doing and you know what you're talking They'll about. They'll leave gonna, you alone. Alone. They're going to leave you alone. Okay? Now, They're going to leave you alone. Fuck with anybody else talking about. They're going to leave you alone. They're going to see it. They ain't going to send you a letter They so you can go and put post it in the Facebook group and say, look at this letter I got. <laughs> no, they're not. Do you count a couple more things? Now, a couple more things that's happened. You remember in in one of your webinars you gave the example of the uh, money order, right? Right. Uh, The IRS money order? Right. We did that for my dad. We took took his $75,000, you know, presentment, turned it into a money order, six months ago sent it to the Treasury, registered mail, restricted delivery, and he said, you know, he gets Social Security, and they've been taking taxes out of his Social Security forever, right? Right. He said, he said, I got my Social Security the other day in a statement. And he said, I noticed something different. I said, what's that? He said, they ain't taking taxes out no more. <laughs> he said, it took them six months to honor that money order, I'm thinking. It takes a long time. A, he said, take they a never long- said a word. They won't say a word. You'll just see something different. You'll see a credit show up on a bill. You know, that's one time what happened to me. I had a credit. And it'd be a real funny-looking bill. 
You know, it'd be real funny looking. You know, I'm like, what is this? Be? You know, what this thing sent me? You know, you're not quite understanding. You have those negative in front of it and show us the credit, but it still, it don't look like a credit. It looks like, like, what is this they sending me? You know, and you may not understand it, but it may not pop up until like about six months later or something like that. That's what people don't be understanding. Yeah. They looking for like to appear on the next bill. Man, when you send stuff to the government, they got like, man, if IRS is only they ha- they handle so much correspondence they may not even get to even read your correspondence for a month or two. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because so much stuff now, coming speak- in. Yeah. Now speaking you know, of the like- speaking of the passport, uh, I sent that video you did around, and one of the guys that I'm friends with, he actually did it, got it back. Now he did put the social, unlike me, you know, he did put the social. And he said the other day he had a little legal matter he was dealing with and that put him on probation. And um, he took the uh, card, uh, passport card into the probation office, handed it to the probation officer. He said, no, you got to have a driver's license. He said, do you want to assume liability for that claim? And said, well, no, we'll hand it here. Went back in the back, talk, called the sheriff. They run the passport card. And they were talking loud over a speakerphone, right? And he said, and all of a sudden, they went quiet and picked up and went in private t- conversation. A few minutes later, the probation officer came back out and said, nice separation from the name. And I was like, yep. really? Yeah. He and just listen, absolutely man, I, I, admitted it to you. Hey, well, admit it. You will have, you will have, <laughs> this is why I say there's a secret society. I've said this. It's like, if you want to see evidence of a secret society, it's like when that happens to you, okay, then somebody would say, man, how'd you find out about it? And you're like, just that little comment, and it might be quick. They'll just throw it. will always be a little quick comment, they'll say. And you, and he'll be like, damn, you know, it's like you just confirmed it for me and shit, and they let you go hand yeah. your stuff back, smile at you and everything. And this is why I said, like, the best, the best, the best information or um uh, advice that I received was from my attorney in that situation when he told me, you know, he um he told me, he said, look, he said, we can deal with the ones like you. He says the angry ones we, we can't deal with. So he let me yeah. know, it's like, he, he let me know that, okay, the first thing everybody experienced when they find this out is anger. They get pissed off, okay, because you like, y'all yeah. motherfuckers put me in jail, fucked up my family, been taking my money, took my children, you're doing all this shit, and it's all fraudulent or based off of something that really don't have no basis in law, per se. All right, so you find this out. So, yo, naturally, you're going to be pissed off. You're ready to, like, like, hey, we need to shoot these motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? That's how you're thinking in your mind. Okay? Yep. As you continue to, uh, to study, eventually you come to a point where you begin to understand your responsibility in everything. I, a why the, uh, the situation and that starts to sway your anger to a degree and everything and then you start to become more cerebral and more in, and intellectual in your approach to everything and stop being so emotional okay you got to get rid of the emotion all right you got to put lead the emotion out of it that's what you got to learn how to do lead the emotion and enter in, in any type of uh, confrontation with them, leave the emotion out of it and understanding that you're doing business and leave the emotion out of it. 
And that's what it's all about. It's, it's a way of, that they are doing business to fund, to fund government. They are. Yep. And it is, and it is, um, it's, um, um, people like to call it fraudulent. I, I don't like the word fraudulent. I, I like the word maybe deceptive uh, in that, you know, you call it don't give full disclosure, but they still operate off what's called plausible deniability because they publish everything and all this. So, you know, they, they put their protections in place against any type of accusation of treason. All right? They've been in place. But they've dumbed everybody down to such a degree that people don't understand that it is your choice I, to educate yourself on something or not. You know, how you develop your mind is ultimately left up to you and not anyone else. How you spend your time on a daily basis, if you want to spend all of your time, you know, on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, on gossip channels, basically all that shit is gossip. Okay, if you want to spend all your time gossiping, okay, well, you know, especially that's something that's not, you know, characteristic of a man in the first place. You know, they got gossip television shows now everybody wants to gossip i see on youtube like everybody want to gossip everybody wants to gossip men and with the women doing it but men want to gossip okay you got men want to gossip okay you're wasting your time you ain't got time to be doing that you don't get you don't don't need to be doing it also because you don't need to be feeding that spirit that's the spirit the spirit of gossip yep i tell people what I went through. I said, you're going to go through it too. I said, you're going to get sad. You're going to get depressed. You're going to get angry. And then one day it's going to start to make sense. And you're going to be like, Oh my, it is my fault. I'm the one that got me in this situation because I was too proud to learn or made excuses. And I thought, that they were telling us everything when we were in school. School is only supposed to teach you how to learn. It's up to you to get out there and learn. Yes, yes, and that, that is so true. It's to how, how your brain, like a, like, a, like an elite man, elite guy told me that, you know. it was. Uh, I had two elite guys, you know, really elite, very wealthy uh, white gentlemen, um, you know, because I kind of had this aversion toward public school. And he just sat me down and explained it to me. He said, you know, you're not going into school to learn anything. You're going in there to learn how your brain works and also how to communicate with the elite. So he explained it to me. He said, yeah, you ain't supposed to be in there learning that. Yeah, of course you're not going to learn anything in there. You're supposed to be. That's not the object. The object is to get an understanding of how your brain works and how you learn. And that's what I try to tell people. And how you learn is through repetition, Okay. Brain cells form with everybody who reads, even when I read something the first time, I don't completely understand it all. But when I read it again and again and again, every time you reread it, brain cells start forming in the brain and become, and that's what contributes to, towards your uh, comprehension of the information. You got to understand what's happening yeah. in the brain and everything every time you I, do that. And, and that's, what you, that's what people don't understand. Hey, I'm of the firm belief. I mean, a lot of people, because of the dumbing down, don't under, don't have good comprehension skills. I didn't. Okay, I'll admit that I didn't. Um, but it was just like I just kept reading and kept trying, and then one day it was like a light bulb went off, and I could see. It's like the scales come off your eyes, and you can see through the veil, and it's like, uh, now it's starting to freaking make sense. It makes sense. Your comprehension, I, I was... no, go your ahead, comprehension go ahead. just automatically opens up. 
And comprehension is directly tied into looking up the definition of words. All right. Mm-hmm. If you look up the definition, that's what I started doing. I started just, I made words. I developed a policy. Never pass over a word that you do not know the meaning of. I live my life by that. Okay. That is something, a personal a rule of mine that it is like, if I pass over a word, I don't understand. It bothers me. Like if I'm lazy, I might be reading something. I'll be too lazy. But if I keep reading, it's just going to be bothering me. It's like, you know, it's so programmed into me. It's like, man, go look up that word, see what that word was. Go back and look up that word, see what that word was. And on the internet, it's really easy to do. You just copy and paste it into Google and it'll pop right up and you can see what the word is. But once you start doing that on a continuum, at first you may have to do it a lot. You'll find yourself having to look up every word. But as your vocabulary begins to develop, that right there is letting you know that your intelligence is also going up. And now associated with that is an increase in comprehension because you're knowing the meaning of words. All right? You know what this sentence is talking about. If you, uh, if you read a paragraph and you don't understand what the paragraph is talking about, it is only because there are words within the paragraph that you don't know the meaning of, that you skipped over that you're not sure yep. about the meaning of that word. So once you learn that, you get that down, you understand repetition. And with me, what I did in college, I read out aloud. You know, I, I used to read aloud because I used to, I felt that when a person reads aloud, that's an indication of his level of, ed, uh, of educational training as well. How well do you read aloud? Okay, when somebody asks you to read this, they ask you to do that in school. Read this aloud, okay? You stumbling yeah. over words. Did you learn how to? Do you did you know how to um, uh, not break pace, going to the next line, or even turning a page? You know, can you pace yourself in looking at the sentences? I right? do you know the correct pace to read at where you want where you won't stumble over words? You know, like doing a, like really doing all of this reading aloud on the internet has really like helped me a lot because I used to do it a lot anyway, but it got me back into the groove of training myself on how to read aloud. You know, people, they critique you and everything. You mispronounce that word. And I did mispronounce the word. Why? Because I was too lazy to look up how to pronounce the word or go yeah. to a site where I get, you know what I'm saying? I was too lazy to go and see how to pronounce the word. And a lot of times, like I'm doing this thing on the Jewish sheetar, you know, when I go and see like gauge, it's pronounced gaji. Okay. But I like, look like gauge to me, but it's not pronounced that way. You know, you know, it's not pronounced that way. So it's like, you'll see a lot of words and it's very, it'll be very, then you understand, well, yeah, this is based in Latin. These are a lot of Latin words and phrases that we're using. Okay. So you'll, you'll begin to see, um, uh, your eyes will begin to open and then it'll become a pleasant experience too. And then you'll understand why there are so, so many people who, instead of smoking weed all day or doing cocaine all day, they read all day. They make that their drug of choice. Because ain't yeah. nothing like the euphoria of an epiphany. That's a euphoric feeling, having an epiphany. Would you agree? Oh, <laughs> the yeah. Euphoric feeling. I mean, this stuff, this, <laughs> this stuff, I mean, learning this stuff is empowering. I mean, when you can look at these people and you ain't afraid of them no more, it's empowering. It's, it was freedom uh, because that's what that's what was spoken of in John eight thirty two when it says you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. 
What are you being free of? You're free of fear and doubt. When you have the yep. truth, you don't have fear and doubt. Those are the only enemies. Fear and doubt. Well, I just sent you an email. Um, that's the, the sample I was telling you about. And uh, it's a Word document. Uh, but no, I've heard you talk about the blue sky laws. And I have never looked into them because there's so much information. It's like you don't always think about every little thing all the time. I was going through Westlaw. And it goes through... There's a, there's part of my subscription. I have access to a lot of the pre 1920 publications, right? Like early 1900s. There's actually a section where it gives all the blue sky laws for all the states. And I was like, oh, Yusuvel's talked about this. I didn't even know it was here. So I'm like, now I gotta go get. Now I gotta go download it. <laughs> Well, let me say this, that, let me say this, let me say this, that when you're studying, I don't, I don't, I don't try to, uh, I don't try to uh, study every, I look at my studies as a path. Okay. It's like yeah. you walk in a road. Okay. The only reason you came across that is because it came across your path. Okay. But I'm yeah. following the path. Like my path, when I started off, it didn't take me into taxes. It took me into secure party first. And then, um, oh. Uh, you know, uh, uh, commerce. And then the last thing, the last stop on my road was trust law and tax law. You know, that was what stopped, you know, that's what, that, that's what it, where it took me. I didn't go, but some people, they start off their journey in that particular area first, and then it takes them through the other avenues. Everybody don't follow the same path. It's like a tree. You're all starting off on the tree on different branches, but they all lead to the trunk. So you may be that's on right. a different branch. Yeah, you may be on a different branch studying, but it's eventually going to lead to that tree trunk. And mine is eventually going to lead to that tree trunk. And then we all going to get to the root of the situation. We all going to get, but we took different pathways there, starting with the branches and then coming into, you know, the substance of the trunk of it and then going down into the root of the situation. So that's why I'm saying I look at other people and I look at this, you know, and I, I say, okay, why are you so arrogant? You know, while I'm studying subrogation right now, I'm like, okay, good. I'm like, but that doesn't make what somebody else is saying wrong. You're just on another branch. You know, you took it, and it's the same thing really supposed to be with religion because the different religious branches, they're just the branches. They're not the tree trunk. There's only one truth. The 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 theologians are giving you different interpretations of that truth and crystallizing it into different creeds and calling it religion. But the thing is, everything has one point of origin. And only the true person who understands that, who looks for the, the line that runs through all the different branches, for the, what other people do, they concentrate on the differences. The true scholar concentrates on the similarity and then yeah. traces those similarities all to a certain point because you ain't going to find out nothing concentrating on the differences. They're different. They don't lead nowhere. They're all differences. But if you concentrate on the similarities, that's that's where you find the truth. It's like damn, that's they all you, got that's this. The similarities are going to lead you to the principles because they, they're similar the because of a principle. Exactly, exactly. And that's what you do. But but the but see, it becomes an ego that people are. You know, they want to prove they're right. 
They want to be the man. They want everybody to look up to them and things. Oh, this person I'm following, he's the person you should listen to. And like I said, it said, make your religion the truth. If you make your religion the truth, okay, you can get past man. You can get past man by making your religion the truth. Because man is the yeah, stumbling block. And then you stand as equals. That's how it's supposed to be, isn't it? That's right. All so what do you think about that what? Starks case? I've been reading it. I haven't gone all the way through it, but it is. Very, I, I'm gonna reserve my comment until I get through with it because I'm trying to tra- track down uh, some uh, some other aspects of it. You know, for I, you know, because I don't want to be irresponsible and give my um, you know, my opinion on something without having all the facts. I really feel like I'm missing just a couple of elements and everything. But I, it's very. Yeah. But I will say this: it is extremely. Extremely interesting. I'll be I'll be talking about it this week sometime. Don't trust me, but it's extreme. Now you did extreme. ask. Re- I you did ask what he did. I, yeah, what okay, did he do? He he, he actually in in uh, uh, there's a great app if you got an iPhone called Voice Dream. If you travel like I do, it actually reads the documents to you just like a podcast. So if you get a phone call, you don't lose your spot. Okay. Okay. So I've been having my phone read it, and in and in folder one, when it's going through the, the documents, it is a, he actually was involved in securities fraud. Is what he put in there is what they came after him for was securities fraud, and I had a okay. suspicion of that because if you go look him up on Pacer, just by his name, there was an SEC case. So it makes me so what, wonder I, and see, that right he there figure out the rules in, of the game like you. Yeah, that lets me know if he's involved in securities, he already has a certain level of knowledge of how the system operates too. So uh yes. you know, that that let me know just from from that right there. But it's like because most of them bankers and people like that, they know. I had a I had a guy, man, I never forget this man. I had a guy when I was in jail. He was he was he was, a, he was a fluent white guy, and uh, he was not nervous. He was not scared. He was not caring about nothing. And he was leaving. He was they they were processing him out. We were both in the uh in the area where they processed it out. He was leaving. So it was just me and him in there sitting, and uh, we were talking. And I was like, well, "What are you, what are you in here for, man?" He said, "Well, they passed a law that allowed them to uh, uh listen in on phone calls without a, out a warrant." I don't know if y'all remember that law got passed. All right, so they were listening in. As soon as they passed that law, they started arresting a whole bunch of people, a whole, whole bunch of people. And they arrested right. him. He got caught up because they listened in on his phone. He, he, this is what he told me now. He said his son used his phone and sold some weed. Okay, he was selling some weed. All right, so he was sitting in there. You know, he was sitting in there. He wasn't even, like, worried about it. You know what I'm saying? He said, yeah, all I'm, all I'm doing is going to file bankruptcy and make the case go away. I said, what? I said, how do you know about that? <laughs> all, right. all right, so he knew, you know, so, you know, now most people don't understand that, okay, that, you know, that you can uh, file a bankruptcy. It has to be an involuntary bankruptcy is what it's supposed to be, okay, against them. And then bring them in, okay, and then give them a B-10 proof of claim form because they are having a claim. That's one of the ways to make the claim. Now, they changed the bankruptcy laws because of this. 
A lot of people don't know that. Okay, there was a time when 90% of the bankruptcies were by, they were involuntary bankruptcies. In other words, the creditor uh, uh, put bankruptcy on the debtor. But now it's the debtor, 90% of the debtors are coming in doing it, switched around, when it's still supposed to be the other way around. I, yeah, so well, the debtor, the, the uh, debtor can now, now, bank doing the case, if the debtor, I use that term loosely, but the person that's assuming the role of the entity goes and finds someone to get the QCIT numbers for the cases, you list those on your schedule on the bankruptcy. Exactly. That's prima facie evidence. But, right. yeah. but my thing is this. It's that they try to hide the fact it's a civil action or it's a claim when you can use the bankruptcy to locate your remedy by forcing them into uh, basically revealing the fact that it is a civil action. There's a creditor and debtor relationship. Like here in Georgia, OCGA 1711-1 tell you that. It tells you that. Oh. So, he say, so he understood it. He understood it. So let me, let me pose a question. Say you can't get the QCIP numbers. Uh, say you got a case and you've got the docket numbers. Can you list the docket numbers? Yeah, because here's my, I, haven't, I haven't done that. I have not done that, but I will say here's my, my understanding of it. My understanding is that the B-10 proof of claim is an affidavit. It's just like the name says a proof of claim. They, they form a claim against you. Okay, so it's like, okay, well, you're going to prove your claim. I'm bringing you in. I'm serving you with this. All right, and then I'm going to discharge you through bankruptcy if you don't show up. Because if you don't show up and sign the B-10 proof of claim form, then you're saying there ain't no claim. There's no claim against you. All right, or something like so that. You would, so you, know that, you would serve that to the parties that listed the case against you, yeah, well, no matter what kind of civil foot. case. The person with the claim is supposed to state it in court. That's why you are always supposed to make the prosecutor read the charges into the record to kill any presumption. Because before that, they operated on presumption. So who have a claim? Okay, the claim is the person who reads the charges. You got the claim, all right? If you got a claim, read it into the record because everything is about the record. But they don't want to read it into the record. So I go to them, I say, okay, you know, I've done it. I have done this. You know, I've gone in court, and the judge, uh, I said, you know, before we go any further, I ain't seen no charges. Where the charges at? So they come and handed me a copy of the indictment. I looked at it. I said, I don't see any charges. You know, I moved the, I moved the honorable judge uh, to direct the prosecutor to read the charges into the record. He said, no, 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 no. This judge, man, he, he went off. He went off. Listen, I'm telling you, I, I hate to swear, but this is exactly what happened. I I, 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 he gave me my, when I came in, I said, he wanted me to plead. I said, I don't see no charges. You know, if I plead anything, where the charges at? Y'all ain't presented me with no charges. So they handed me, they came over and bring you, they'll come over to your desk and bring you a copy of the charges and just hand them to you and don't say anything. But what you do is when you get it in your hand, you look at it on front and back and you say, I don't see any charges. I direct the uh, honorable judge, direct the prosecutor to read the charges into the into the record, because see what they're trying to do is they're trying to avoid liability. Because you got to understand in admiralty right. proceedings, in admiralty proceedings, the, the both sides got to put in a bond. 
right? So in order for them to be liable, and nine times out of ten, what you're going to find, that after that attorney does that, they're going to take themselves off the case. They're going to and replace them with another attorney. District, right after she do that. She he do that, they're going to be trying to get off that case. All right? So they read the, read the charges into the record. So when I said that to the judge, he was like, no, 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 no. No, I said, and man, it just caught me by. This is a federal judge. I'm in federal court. He's a magistrate. I'm like, I'm looking, I'm like, I'm looking at him. I'm like, God damn, why is he acting like that? Then he said, I'll read it. I'll read it into the record, which you don't let them do that. He don't read them into the record. But this is what happened. He gets the charges. The, uh, the bailiff bring him the charges. He sit up on his bench and look at the paper. He's just staring at the paper for about, i say about 15 seconds, and he say nothing. He's just looking at it. He said, no, 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 I ain't going to read the charges. And, you know, I said, what? He said, I said, I said, am I to understand the honorable judge has made a judicial determination that I'm not afforded my right to hear the charges against me read into the record? Is that what you're saying? He said, we're not going to read the charge. Man, this, all this stuff happened to me. It's like all this stuff happened to me. And that's why I go and tell people because I'm like, look, they have figured out ways. What happens is this happened a long time ago, obviously. But over yeah. time. They figure out ways to get around stuff and address stuff and, and um, uh, ways to kind of make you doubt or, you know, they go to training. It's okay. Well, if that happens again, you do this. Cause you know, you're going to catch somebody Honestly. on guard. Yeah, you know, they know that they know what it means, but they don't know how to address it. Just like, you know, honestly, Go ahead. I think that's why they – I think, honestly, that's why they changed the rules to the game to where now – because they didn't used to do it. Now they enter a plea for you. For you. And they start doing all of that. Yeah. They try to put the plea in. I'm like, look, and it's, it's a direct violation of the Sixth Amendment, but they'll try to tell you under the 14th Amendment you don't have those, those protections. That's what the 14th Which we Amendment know about is. That. You know, you don't have, that's what they tell you. You don't have those protections under the 14th Amendment. That the, four, the Bill of Rights do not devolve on a 14th Amendment citizen. All right. no. It's whatever right Congress give you in statutory codes. So if you got a speedy right trial, you got to go get a code. If you got a right to habeas corpus, they got a 2240, uh, 2254, 2255, and a 2241 for that. Everything is in a statute. You only got the rights that Congress give you because that's a congressionally created citizenship. That's why it's best to stay away from their codes if you know the principles right you put your rights on paper you claim them and stay away from their codes because the minute you go to their codes you're you're letting them presume you're a 14th amendment citizen and, and that's why I or, said you, that's, that's why i said in the beginning or, of the show i don't care what you do you write them up and you let them know i'm not a 14th amendment citizen i'm not this straw man i'm not a vassal i'm not a damn a legal fiction i'm not a thing I'm not a, uh, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a heathen. I'm not any type of other designation that you might conjure up in your, out of the belfry of your mind and everything that you want to try to attach to my person. I'm not none of that with my, without my express signed authorization allowing you to do that. Uh, yeah, and now if you do happen to use their codes, you do them as. An example, say you claim your rights, and then you do so like compared to or or similar to, you know, 
and then you show their codes as an exhibit for them to compare for the ease of the courts. It could be. So they know. So yeah, so they know similar what similarly what you might be talking about. The whole principle, the whole principle of it is, man, let them know up front. Forget them judges and all that. The people, the principals are the people who know what's going on. In any corporation, the person who knows what's going on is the CEO, okay? In any kind of corporation, the per- it's the principal. So the heads of the departments, like the governor of the state, he knows what's going on. The president knows what's going on. The secretary of treasury knows. Now, there are other little employees under them. They may not know what's going on. Some of them might. A lot of them don't. You know what I'm saying? They basically have the agent in place. Like they got an agent working in the mailroom. There's somebody from the Illuminati working in the mailroom. They got somebody everywhere working. Everybody who works there may not be a part of it, but they got somebody there watching over everything in every area in society. Oh, yeah. Because they're looking for those enlightened people and making sure everything runs. I'm trying to tell you, it's a big network. When I when they say there's a secret society, I I give you an emphatic yes. There is a secret society. Yes, there is. Yeah. And I don't base that off of uh, watching YouTube videos. I base that off of direct experience. That yes, there are there are oh. groups of people that have information that they're not sharing it with other people. And when you find out about it. They may or may not reveal themselves to you. Yeah, they, when you start figuring out how things really work and they realize you know what you're doing, like you said, you're going to get approached. Like like yep. the whole thing on the uh, secured party, you might get visits with men in black suits that will do a private administrative hearing right there to see if you're a threat to the right. system or not. I mean, but it's a welcome that's to the right. club meeting if not. Right, exactly. And it's what that's it's a show cause hearing. You know, it's like, do we gonna bring yeah. charges against you, or are we gonna wel- welcome you in? All right, because if they was gonna arrest you, they come with the cops, but they came to talk to you. So they already let you know what's going on. They came to talk. You know, and say, look, we need to talk to you. Right. And have a seat. Sure, come on in. Have a seat. What can I can help you, gentlemen? Well, you know, we've been getting a lot of correspondence from you lately and uh we just want to you know first of all see what your stance is are you some sort of sovereign citizen you know they start to ask you questions like that well you know i'm not very sure uh i understand what a sovereign is could you please tell me how you define sovereign citizen and where you uh derive your definition from you know you'd be very polite about it but everything they say you would know you want uh clarification before you answer, people are so quick to want to answer a question without clarification. You know, you got to be cerebral in your approach and listen intently to what they're saying. And let's like, okay, what do you mean, U.S. citizen? Uh, what do you mean, you know, what are you saying, sovereign citizen? I'm not really sure I understand what you mean by that phrase. And, you know, please, you could help me understand your, the spirit and intent behind that question by telling me how you define sovereign citizen and where you derive that definition from. All right. You know, just learn yeah. how to speak to them with, with clarity, all right, so you can establish your position. And the only way you can do that is by understanding that, hey, look, I know I'm a private American citizen. I know what I'm talking about. I understand this jurisdiction. I understand this 
uh, legal fiction and the real person, how they interact with each other. I got an understanding of that. Also, I'm not a threat. I'm not some sort of, I'm not looking to go bomb the, uh, the, the courthouse or something like that because I'm pissed off with the federal government, so I'm going to go blow some motherfuckers up or something like that. You're not looking to do any of those things. All right? You're looking at, you come in peace, and you say, hey, look, you know what I'm saying? Understand what I want to be left alone. Y'all could give me my black card since y'all here, though. Give my damn black card. <laughs> yeah, <really>. that's right. <laughs> I really leave you alone, you know? You know, you might want to throw that out there. You know what I'm saying? You know say, Look, y'all give me that. I, hey, y'all give me that. I'll leave you alone, man. You know, I ain't got nothing else to say. I disappear. You know, I make a whole bunch of tax paying slaves for you if that's what you want me to do. <laughs> hey, un- un- under proclamation, <laughs> under proclamation 2039, the actual bank is one of the Federal Reserve. So why shouldn't you have the card to, to be able to access your account? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So it's, you know, you get a visit, be thinking about what you're going to, you know, you're not going to be contentious. You know what I'm saying? You just, everything is, you know, just be you comfortable. You know, you're confident. You're grounded. You know, you're spiritually grounded. You know you haven't done anything wrong. You know, you have a clear conscience. Because that's all a cross-examination is. A cross-examination is to make your conscious mind and your subconscious mind uh, conflict with each other. Because if you line, your conscious and subconscious mind going to conflict. And they are very skilled in asking questions to make that happen. That's what cross-examination yeah, what is. What, what you do is when they come to the house, you throw them for a loop. Before we start talking, can we at least pray? <laughs> <laughs> you do that. You can do that. You know, that's, yeah. not, that's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, you still no, got to be in you. You got to be right with yourself and clear with yourself that I haven't harmed another man. I have no mal intent toward another human being, not even the government. You know, you don't have any mal intentions or, you know, you want you're looking to go to peace. And, you know, and that is what you're looking for. You're looking for a win win situation. You know, you know, that's another thing that people engage in. They say, I'm battling the government. How can I fight these people? You know, and all that is the wrong spirit because what it is is your the, the, the government are composed of human beings who are other aspects of creation like you are. Okay. You all derive from the same por- point of creation. You know, we're all God's children. Okay. So they're your brothers. You know, they're your spiritual brother and everything. So when you go when you go out of balance and you look to fight, you're looking to fight, okay, well, that comes back to you. Whatever you put out comes back to you. You know, you're causing friction. So they're going to, if you, if you, if you launch an attack against them, they're going to launch one back against you. So, you know, you're looking yep. for a win-win situation in which all parties can come to an agreement. And this is what Matthew 5.25 says. Agree with your adversary while you're on the way to court. Lisa, you hand you over to the judge, the judge hand you over to the bailiff, and the bailiff cash you in the prison. I tell you, you won't come out until you pay the very last farthing or penny. What that's talking about, that's talking about balancement. Okay, it's talking about agreement. Reach an agreement. Okay? You're not here to be in a con- – to, to con- to, uh, this is where acceptance for value came from. It's an agreement. Confession and avoidance. All these different pleas that they don't tell you about, because what do they do in the public? They say, what is your argument? That's all they talk about. Are you arguing for, well, he argues that 
so-and-so and so-and-so. Well, the defendant's argument he brought before the court was such and such and such and such. And, you know, you won't see yeah. they use the word argument. Okay, the only way to avoid that situation is if there is no argument. Yeah, then there's no public spectacle. Exactly. You got to, well, to not I, be an argument. I won't keep you. I know there's other callers, and as always, it is so much a pleasure when I get to speak to you. Hey, thank you, man. Thank you for calling. I appreciate you, brother. Take it easy. All right. All right, let me go to Erico 440 on the line. What's going on? Hello? Yeah, you're on the phone. Oh, peace, 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 my brother. Um, I want to say peace to the God, and I want to say um, you're doing an incredible job of allowing the creator and the spirit to use your vessel to do right upon this plane of existence. Thank you. Um, I try. I try. I always give a prayer. I always give a prayer. You know, before I go on, I I tell the Creator, let me speak to your your mind and not my own. You know, I try to leave my Mm. ego out of it. And you know, Mm. so you know, that's what I strive for. You know, put my personal biases and things, and allow that to happen. What you just said, and put it to the side. But go ahead, brother. Yeah. Okay, well, you know, I don't want to keep you too long, but I, I want to throw a couple things out there. Like, I've been knowing that there's been something going on ever since I was a little kid. You know, I grew up Pentecostal. I never celebrated a holiday in my life, you know, anything right. like that, you know. I could just, I'm super intuitive. You know, I'm into astrology, numerology, all the esoteric sciences. I've been studying this stuff for like 25 years. My first mentor was um, Jordan Maxwell. I'm right. talking about well, we sit down and have dinner and talk to each other. And, oh, you did? You know, Dick, oh, yeah, Dick Jack Gregory. Gregory. Yeah, Dick, Dick Gregory. Gregory yeah. You know, cats wow. like that, you know. So, you know, I had an opportunity to, you know, figure some stuff out. Uh, Sometimes I'll be busy. And I, I fell into your information by a, a really – weird way the universe is precise you know i know jerry curl juice used to go to his seminars got bumped into that situation i know jonah bay hung out with him i know a lot of these people that you know and it's just it's Mm -hmm. crazy because once i started really doing the information like you said i've been studying you for past like two years now at the end of the day like you said you never know what's going on until you have to go to court no, <laughs> and you don't you don't see it you until you go there. And I didn't believe it. You don't listen. I nobody ain't been to court. I don't listen. I nobody didn't... ain't been to court. <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. For uh, since 2016, you know, I got the I got the passport that you put up. And by the way, um, between you and I, you know, I only had the passport for like two and a half, three weeks, and uh, child support disappeared. But that's just some, on, a, on another note. I was like, right. oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is this is getting kind of weird. But at the end, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's a lot of things. I've been in just about every religion out there. Uh, you know, I know a lot of elite cats, 
And because when you're in the entertainment industry, that you gonna bump into people like that, no matter what you do. Right. So at the end of at the end of the day, I'm going through all your stuff, and I'm looking on my flash drive, and I'm like, man, where can I get more of this dude's information from? Because you're the one of the only dudes out here, on, to be real, that is really explaining this and helping people to comprehend it on a higher level. Like, you show people where you're getting this info from. So I'm way more into people who show and prove. You know what right. I mean? You show and prove, and you ain't got no ego behind it because I'm super intuitive. I cleanse my chakras every day. So I'm right. super intuitive. I can feel that there ain't no, you ain't got no ego, man. It's like you're straight up, you straight up spirit walking. So I'm just like, at the end of the day, I, I'm going through my files. I'm like, how can I find more information by this dude? And then I look on my drive, my guy, you know, from Ohio, that sent me some stuff, and it says, use of docs. And I'm like, are you serious? This whole time I had this dude's documents. So I go through it. I'm looking through it. I'm like, wow, it's even greater than I thought it was. But I got into a situation, and a lot of people, it might not affect them the way it affects me, but it's a situation with my daughter. And it's not, it wouldn't be something big to anybody else, but I'm one of these dudes where I'm not allowing anybody to control me, especially something that's fraudulent. You know what I mean? So, you know, everybody out here in the entertainment industry, and I don't talk to many people, but they think that I'm crazy. They're like, how you think you're going to file this and do this and do that? I'm like, look, man, this shit, this is real. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I've been yeah. studying it over and over and over again, and then I got into a situation, and I'm going to tell you something. You know how, like, at the end of the day, when the judge does a certain thing, because I had read something, <laughs> I had heard you talk about something, and you said that, you know, you had to find out because you, you went to the jail, and you came out and you said some things. I came out and I said, all right, I'm going to get the strength of Yusuf today, and I'm just going to do this. So I, I started reading. I was stuttering. And then the judge looked at me. The bailiff looked at me. And the court reporter lady looked at me. Everything in the room changed. Just stopped. So I was, just, <laughs> I was like, okay. So I read it off. And he looked at me. He crossed his arms, and he said, Basically, next time before you come up in here, file that. Right. And I was know. like, okay, yeah. okay, Don't cool. Don't pop it up. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. I, I, I was the last person up. It was crazy. Everything that you said was true. I was the last person in the courtroom. So I was just like, man, everything this dude is saying, I'm seeing it. This is surreal. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> So and the reason I then, tell the stories is because you don't have no way to prove it to anyone other than in a story. You know, so people yes. have to use their spirit and see, okay, is this nigga telling the truth? He's making this shit up. Like some people probably believe, okay, I've been locked up before. They're calling in from the feds, and then I just roll through it with them and like, I've been, you know, I've been there. We won't talk about, you know, and so, so that person he'll know, yeah, that nigga been in the feds, alright, because he understands. So when you've been through the court, you go through that, you know, it's like. Okay, yeah, this dude actually telling the truth because you went through it. You went through it. Yes. Somebody went through it. They don't even have no, no, no. They don't have no basis to even comment on it because you can't even understand 
Like, for instance, how everybody got quiet. Can you explain that? Are you really, it's an it's a inner sense that when you did that, you know you just said something or you crossed some kind of line or put some kind of truth out there that everybody in there knew what you was talking about, even though they didn't say a word. Exactly. Exactly. And I was sitting there, I was like, all right, so, so Pete Gang, I, I know you got a lot of people on, 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 on the line because, to be honest, you know, your information is way above a lot of these cats. You know, I, I just, I don't believe in a mystery God. So at the end of the day, you know, you are so on point that it, it, it's shocking. But at the end of the day, he, um, my ex, she's sitting up in there. They're trying to get some money, yada, yada, yada. And the judge gives them a very small amount of money. I told him, I said, look, I, I, I want to say that I want to be an honor. Because I had been listening to you. I had been reading some stuff from you. I said, there's no controversy. I said, I'm not here to argue. And whatever you put upon me, you put upon me. So he crossed his arms and he says, thank you. And then he continues to give them. Uh, he awarded them, but he awarded them something very small. She was sitting there looking all pissed, and her lawyer was looking like pissed. So, you know, uh, when they tell you to go ahead and leave out, and you go sit on the bench or whatever, you're the clerk or whoever is supposed to come out and, and you know, give you a copy of what he just ordered. Right. So we're out there sitting out in the hallway, the lawyer waiting, I'm waiting. Nobody comes out. So we're like, I'm like, okay, so what's, what's really going on? The lawyer is looking around like, what's, what, what's going on? So the lawyer gets up, he goes and, and tries to open the courtroom, and it's locked. Right. They locked it. <laughs> Like so the judge never signed what he had just what he had just awarded them. He never signed it. And so you're not you're not obligated to do anything. And see, here's the thing, you know, and I and I've never had that happen to me in that way in that way. But I understand exactly the thoughts of the judge because when you go when you understand the power of going to peace. Like, if you ever hear me talk on this show, I don't know how long listen to me, but every time I get a uh, divorce, people come to me with divorce, I try to say, look, when you have to go into the courts, you're just going to get treated like children. Okay, basically, essentially, you're looked at as two individuals who are not adults and who do not know how to handle their own personal affairs and are letting their emotions rule them. When marriage is a contract, I, you should have had some sort of contract with this individual that which would have um, alleviated any of this type of litigation in the first place. When cooler heads uh, were were ruling, you know, you come in with this woman and say, look, we're going to marry, and this, uh, this is going to be our marriage. If we come up with a divorce, here is going to be all the things that's going to rule the divorce. So we don't have to go in there and battle. And right now, while we love each other, we got cooler heads, uh, we really care for each other, let's make an agreement then. All right, so then later on, when we start having animosity and things like that and be trying to get revenge when G- when God when Jesus when God already said vengeance is mine said the Lord okay mm. all these different things and everything I you got something over that so you go in there and you tell the judge you know well look I'm, I just want to go to peace and everything like that things start to go your way I'm trying to tell you it's happened to me in my divorce case my ex-wife she tried to do some things with me and I just came at the judge and said look I'm you know because I really didn't hate my I never hated my ex-wife. You know, I, you mm-hmm. know, it's like I developed that type of emotion. I was hurt. 
I was hurt, but I never hated her. You know, I never got a, a hate for her. And I can understand how women are emotional and they express their love for a person in the form of hate. That's why they say there's a thin line between love and hate, because women, there is nothing like a woman's scorn. He'll have no fury like a woman's scorn. So, you know, mm-hmm. they got they go into a mode and seem like they never come out of it and and be trying to get you at every point, trying to get revenge, keep the children away from you, try to get oh, man, that's the worst. You, try to put you in jail, you know, just any kind of thing they won't try to do, they're going to try to do to you and everything. Uh, and, and I understand all of that. But you maintain your peaceful resolve and things are going to work out your way. That's all I can say. That's all I can really say is just if you maintain uh, a, a peaceful resolve, things going to work out your way. might not look see, like, see it, my, like it right now. My, my thing is this. I've only been put on this planet to be a vessel. Ever since I was a little kid, you know, even though I, when we was poor and my mom was working for six people, you know, I would go to school and I would come home with no shoes because somebody had been in ran game on me and I just gave him my shoes. That's how much a giver I am. All I, I do entertainment just so I can pull in celebs and people like that so I can get this philanthropic thing done. I'm only here to help right. the world. I'm only here to help, the, you know, the children. You know, I'm only here to help, you know, homeless people, animals. I'm only here, you know, to try to help the ecosystem in some way. That's my only mission, Yusuf. So, you know, I could care less about the, the entertainment and the people that I know. I don't care about none of that. Because I know I'm a spirit walking in a fleshly costume. So, and this is an illusionary dimension. And whatever you think and you creating it through your chakras, when you walk, right. you, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? When you walk, you got chakras on the bottom of your feet. So your thoughts are going down your chakras and you creating your manifest physical reality. So, you know, at the end of the day, I just wanted to, I just wanted to tell you, I look at you as an elder. I look at you as a teacher. You know, you worship no, no man, no woman. But I just want to tell you, what you're doing is incredible. And I just wanted to know if there's any way I can get in contact with you, you know, on a private level, you know, like an, e- an email, something, whatever, whatever, because I want to go into it or what I'm dealing with. Maybe I can help you, you can help me, and we can make the world a better right. place together. Okay. Um, well, yeah. I mean, like I said, I got high frequency blog talk at gmail.com. I got your phone number right here. I'll call you right yeah, now. Okay. Show. I got yes, your phone I, I number right truly, here. I would truly appreciate it. And I, to, for me and you, I didn't know if I was going to get on today. I was like, you know what? I woke up. I seen it. I seen it on my phone because, you know, I've been doing a lot of recording. We recorded like 12 hours yesterday. So I was tired. And I was just like, I don't know, but just something is telling me to go ahead and do it. I'm going to tell you a little, little something real quick. I went out on New Year's. I don't celebrate New Year's. I don't celebrate nothing. I celebrate every day. Every day is a holiday. Every yeah. time I take a breath, that's a holiday. So right. I got into a lift, and I got dropped off to, you know, the place that I went to. You know, I don't like being around too many people because you, know you know how Hollywood is. Everybody want to try to get something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So at the end. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm out here. Okay. Hey man, I'm out here in LA. You know what I mean? I'm I'm out here having to enlighten those that are wanting to be enlightened. I don't force anything down their throat. But at the end of the day, I get out of the lift, and you know I've lost my wallet before. I've lost my phone in lifts, Ubers. So I look back and I see my a wallet. 
I think that it's mine. So I, I grabs it. I'm like, all right, cool. So I go into the spot and I look in the wallet. There's $500, a bunch of credit cards, all types of craziness. And I'm like, this ain't mine. Now, I, I ain't going to say I'm a saint because, you know, a right. lot of times, you know, in your life, you've done things that you're not proud of. When I was a child, I was a child. I did childly things. Right. So, you know, right. at the end of the day, I tried to contact Lyft. Nobody contacted me. I said, look, man, I found this dude's wallet. Back in the day, man, I would have went shopping. Right. So, you know, at the end of the day, this, this is what I did. The next day, I sent it to this dude's address and just said, hey, man, happy holidays. I don't celebrate, but happy holidays. Now, that's the difference between me and the majority of the people out here in L.A. I don't, I don't need that, man. If people understood, like you've been talking about polarities, what, this is the age of Aquarius, the age of Haru, the age of information. Aquarius does, ha, does not have any patience. This is what people don't understand. I teach astrology. So at the end of the day, whatever you're thinking and whatever you're doing is coming back on you 100 times quicker right now. Age of Pisces is over. It is. It sure is. You know what I mean? And you know what? And let me say this. What will happen, this is what I see. Like, when I do something like that, that same day, money will come to me. You know, it's like the positive stuff comes back to you fast, too. You know, it's like, I'm like, dang, you know, it's like, this came back. It'll be, it'll always be when you least expect it, too. Like, you're kind of, your mind, yeah. you, stop, you stop thinking about it. You're not thinking about it. And all of a sudden, man, it's money. You know what I'm saying? Where does money come from and everything? And it's like, that's what people, they, when you get in tune, you'll start to notice that there is an intelligence in the universe communicating with you you'll start mm-hmm. to see it you'll start to see it this is it's, it's not arbitrary and capricious it's some sort of intelligence that is rewards you for you know you get rewarded in kind for you know let you know you get rewarded what you put out what you put well, out you know, is what comes back the crazy thing is what you're saying is surreal because i'm being awarded and rewarded with talking to you right now you got tons of people that's trying to talk to you. And I was just sitting here. I, I told my home my home girl, a, a girl that I manage, you know, she's a nice artist. I told her, I said, she had texted me and I said, yo, I'm listening to Yusuf Live right now. You know, I said, I, I, you know, I, I hit the one. Hopefully I get to talk to him. She was like, well, I hope you do too. And I'm just like, I ain't going to get to talk to him. And I'm just like, and then you, I hear my number and I'm like, oh. It was like Price is Right. It was like, come on down. And I was like, are you serious? You know what I mean? Like, because I'm addicted to the information. I do this every day, Yusuf. You know, I'm an entertainer, but I do this every day. So I'm like right. sitting back and I'm like, no, this ain't real. So I was kind of caught up when I got on the phone with you. I had to clear my throat. I was like, hold up. Let me, hold up. I actually got on. So I know. That this that this energy is powerful. Something, if everybody listening, something big is about to happen. You you get your best to get prepared spiritually. Get your crystals. Do your meditation because something is about to go down. I can just there feel is, it. yeah, and there is, can, and that's what people, yeah, people, there there is something definitely um, about to go down. You know, it's a funny thing. You know, when people call me and they uh. They tell me, yeah, I got to talk to you and everything. I remember the first time, um, you know, I first started doing this. You know, I was just a regular cat, and um, I um, had a 
seminar up in this is the first time I kind of really 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 realized I had some sort of celebrity status, you know. I uh, mm-hmm. I went up to uh to Baltimore and had a uh, at a at a um it was a little seminar I had in a church. It was at a church. It was a nice sized church and everything. So they said, Yeah, we want you to come up and um, you know, do a seminar you know, do a seminar and uh, you know, for everybody. So I, I said, Okay, no problem. They paid for the flight, they paid for the hotel. Nice hotel. Um, came pick me up. So we drive up at the church, you know, I'm looking at the church and you know, the church is like parking lot packed, right? So I'm looking at like mm-hmm. there's a lot of damn people here and everything, you know, it must be having service. You know, it's I thinking because they took me around to the back. I came in in the back of the church, so I'm like, well, we must gonna have some sort of, you know, our churches be having little back things where they be doing Bible study and stuff like that. I said, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, the back, and this I'm thinking in my mind, you know, I'm thinking I'm gonna go back, and I came in like, nah, all these people came here to see you, and that, and I spent like two hours taking pictures and signing autographs, and that was the mm-hmm. first time. That was the first time I like, wow. I was like, man, I'm like, I, it scared me. I, I'm not going to say I was arrogant. It was kind of like a mm-hmm. scary. Part of your like, mission. Yeah, it, it was, yes, this many people listening to you. You got to be on point. You know, you can't be fucking around and mess up and everything. You got people depending on you and listening to you. And that's when I went into overdrive with the studying and then battling with trolls and everything like that. I said, okay, I got to support everything that I say as much as I can, you know, so how am I going to do this? And that's why I went to YouTube and, you know, all this kind of stuff right here, because, you know, that right, that point right there, really, it made me afraid because I was like, damn, all these people, man, they looking at you like you some sort of, you know, celebrity or something. I'm like, you know, you don't even see yourself like that. You know, you see yourself as, you know, I'm like, I'm just a homeboy like you. I like, See, you know, I, I say, you know, I like women. I like, you know, what I'm saying, you just, you know, it ain't, you ain't. I like the Dallas Cowboys. I sit up watching NFL, cuss out TV, you know, do, you know, and do things like that. And and then people, are, they have a respect for you and everything. So you have to make a decision whether you're going to uh, live up to that responsibility. And people say, well, why do you do what you do? It's like I could do a lot of different things. I could be out there doing real estate. Um, there's a lot of stuff I know how to do, but I do this because mm-hmm. this is what I love to do. I, I love to do this. It's what I love to do. You could tell it's it. You you, you could tell you it's, know? it's your spirit. That's what was drawn. That's what drew me to you because I could feel spirits, man, on a deep level. You know, average people think it's crazy, but if you cleanse your chakras every day, you you eat superfoods. You know, you don't watch. You know the. You know the the butterfly programming, even though I'm in the entertainment industry and I didn't see the real, real. A lot of these cats have no idea what's going on. I didn't see the real, real. So, you know, when you listen to this music and you listen to, you see these TV shows, they are really programming you. So, and, and yes, people have no idea what's going on. That's why it's called a TV program. They are programming your subconscious mind. But I know you got a lot of people out there that's trying to get on your line. I don't want to take up, you know. I hear a lot of people sometimes say, "Well, I, I, I'm gonna give it back to you." You know, it, you know, this is your show. <laughs> so, you know, I thank you. I thank you for even picking me up on the line. And I'm not gonna say I'm gonna let you go because this is yours. You know what I do? What I do say is I thank you, and the universe thanks you. 
because this this is incredible. You know, they they're not just making movies and putting Thanos out there just for nothing. Not. So <laughs> you know not. what I mean. So <laughs> come on, man. So you have to be perceptive to see the truth in the, and those shows like that too. You got to be perceptive. Oh, they telling you man, it's, a, it's right in your face. You know what I mean? Like so, at the end of the day, this was one. This was this 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 made my year, bro. I'm just being honest because, you know, by doing the astrology, you know, my north node is Scorpio. So having a north node in Scorpio means that I'm a spiritual investigator. So now I understand, you know, know thyself. I understand why I've been doing this since I was a little kid. You know, I have to know. And I'm not scared of looking in Pandora's box. And you were talking about fear earlier. If you got any type of fear up in you, that's what you're going to attract all that. Like when you walk in that courthouse, man, I used to walk up in there. And, you know, once I started, I want to tell the public something else. Like you said, they'll know who you are. It's like they live. You know, I got to meet Roddy Roddy Piper before he died. You know what I mean? Because his daughter wanted to get into music, and we all met at this club out here in L.A., and he told me, hey, man, that was a documentary. But it at was. The, at the end, it man, was. listen. I know it was. So, I know. It was a documentary, and he was shook. Like, he couldn't even he, – he was shaking the whole time we was talking. I'm like, what's really going on? But at the end of the day, once I started turning in a special paperwork – the way that you, you you explain how to do it, everybody at the courthouse started treating me different. I actually yeah. had these these <laughs> these sheriff dudes or whatever. I had these dudes, and I I was supposed to walk through the metallic thing, and they told me to just go through. I didn't have to put nothing. They said, okay, so the thing rang, and they said that was the that, that was your belt buckle. It's cool. And they just let me just slide through and say, "Hey, have a good day." I'm like, "What's really going on up in here right now?" They know, and they and let me like, tell you something else. They know who you are too. Um, everybody knows who you are. Day long, you know. They they all know who you are. It's like you know, like I was in there, and it's like, uh, they had, they was training a new uh, a new sheriff's deputy, and he was brand new. He had just got the job there. He he didn't haven't even been there a long time. And uh, he came in. He said, "How you doing, Mr. Jones, and everything?" I said, "Man, how you know me, man? You just just started working here." You know, he <laughs> came in, introduced himself to me. He said, and then he looked at me. He said, "Everybody here knows who you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, everybody knows who you are." You know what I'm saying? So hey, man, like, and, 